a death burrito. A death burrito. Yeah. A death burger. Hi. Welcome to the food. I mean, the. Wow. What is the show? Media Boat Podcast. Sorry, you were talking while I was. The Media Boat Podcast is the name of this podcast that you are currently listening to and are watching. Welcome. Hi, welcome. We are a podcast that is about media, as the name implies. Movies, television shows, music albums and singles, and video games. Games in which you play on a video screen. I think we have thoughts on all... All of those this week. Of those this week? I think think so. so. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, uh, that's uh, the, this is the show you're watching, so let's get it on the roll. Today is August 7th, 2019. Episode, uh, episode 187. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. Hi. We are the Media Boat Podcast. We are in podcast form, but also... On video form, for those of you who want to watch us live and yeah. comment live, you can check us out at youtube.com backslash Media Boat Podcast. Does that take you there? I don't think that takes you there. Just know. search Media Boat Podcast on, on uh, YouTube, YouTube and you'll find us. Yes, you'll find plenty of episodes there. All right. Well, let's get the show on the road. And the first thing we talk about, of course, every week is movies, filmed entertainment, if you will. And we always start the movies section with a weekend box office numbers. Who saw what the most? All right. So we had one new release last week. We it did. was the very long title of ha- uh, Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. You know what this is if you've seen the uh, the, the Fast and Furious movies. Uh, it is uh, The Rock and Jason Statham's character's spinoff. In a buddy action film. Yes. Going up against one Idris Elba. So yeah, Hobbs and Shaw was your sole release last week. It came in first. What do you know? In the box office this week with $60 million debut. Not Ooh. stellar for the Fast franchise, but it is a spinoff, so... It's a spinoff, yes. Uh, but does that mean that like the Fast and Furious franchise doesn't work without the Fast and Furious characters? Um, Either that or maybe we're seeing Fast Fatigue. Could be. That might be part of it. I mean, eight movies is a lot. Yeah, they so were showing... Really nine, if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, tech, technically, spinoff, yeah. 8.5? Yeah. Nine. Sure. But still, Consider the, that's like saying that the, the, the Hobbit doesn't count as Lord of the Rings movie. It's it's, it's point three, point six, and 0.9. Nice. Uh, so yeah, not, not a super seller debut. I bet that they are probably disappointed with that number. Yeah, but, uh, uh, but they it hasn't do hit international markets yet. I'm sure it'll make up its money there. But it does allow Universal to run the number one film in right. America right now. Yes. Promo ads, which I'm sure they have all lined up. I am sure, but uh, it did, however, beat Disney because uh, number two was The Lion King with another 38 million dollars. So that being said, that shows you just how much better Hobbs and Shaw could have done if those Disney movies weren't still in theaters. Because mm-hmm. that's not that's like sixty to thirty eight is not that big of a drop. Like when you think about the difference between one Right, and it's two. only thirty million dollars. So yeah. But like, also consider that, that Lion King Right, but also consider that Lion King has been out for three weeks now. Doesn't matter. People yeah. still want to see that movie. That's the power of these Disney films. 
So yeah, that was uh, thirty-eight million dollars this week. That adds to a four hundred and thirty-one million dollar total domestic right now. Yep, uh, as we noted last week, it definitely hit the billion-dollar mark. Oh, definitely, yeah. And yet, there's more to come. Uh, meanwhile, number three, uh, Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood made another twenty million dollars, adding to it a respectable uh, seventy-eight million uh, domestic right now. That yeah, he usually hit hundred probably next week, uh, which is pretty good. Yeah, usually his last couple of films have hit hundred mil. Yeah, you know, it's solid. Three weeks to do good. it is not bad. I think his budget was for this one was like forty million, thirty so million. So it'll easily make. So that, that's uh, a profit. Make money back for mm-hmm. sure. uh, number four, Spider-Man: Far From Home, still earning that money, seven million dollars, adding to its three hundred and sixty million dollar domestic total. Uh, yeah, those Marvel movies always have legs. Yep, uh, that one's got some nice legs. Speaking of legs, Disney rounds out the top five again. <laughs> Toy Story 4, another $7 million as well. That's sitting at 410. Yep, and as we noted last week, that surpassed the previous record of Toy Story 3. It's currently the highest thing uh, Pixar has put out, gross-wise. Which, if you, you're saying that at the same time, Lion King has like $20 million more. Right, it came out the week after. Which is insane. Like, yeah, I don't... Right, but you know, you hear people say, what's with all these remakes? That's Why right. do they got put them out? Like that dollar sign. Yeah. Sign. Considering that they topped their previous record last year, yeah. halfway through the year. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you can say all you want about it online and in your blogs and like to people on the street, but the only talking that Disney cares about is at the box office with your dollars. Yes. All right, well, if you're wondering what's going to hit the charts next week... What's coming out this week? Here are your new releases. We've got a bunch of stuff. Something for everyone? Question mark? All right, what am I watching? First up, The Art of Racing. I actually may check this out. Is this NASCAR? No, this is Formula One, I think. Okay, okay, Formula One, all right. Yeah. Is this like a documentary? Is this fictional? Uh, this is based off a book. Okay. And it stars a dog. Wait, 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 back up. This movie's about a dog? Yeah, it's about a dog. Is the dog driving the car? No. Okay. <laughs> but the dog is voiced by Kevin Costner. Wait, okay, that's still not answering the question. How is this movie about Formula One driving about a dog? So it's about a guy who's, it's about the guy's life, but it's basically like Marley and me. Oh, is this the one They're that's the narrated dog. by the dog? Yes. I just saw a trailer for this. I didn't know it was a Formula One movie. All I saw was the bit, like, that it's sort of saying that the dog is narrating the movie. Yeah. Okay. Where the dog puts his face on the man of Seafried's stomach. is like, yeah. I hope it looks like me. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that part. Yes. I didn't pick up at all that this is a racing movie called The Art of Racing. Yeah, it's called The Art of Racing. <laughs> it stars Milo Ventimiglia. As the driver, uh-huh. and then Kevin Costner as the dog, uh, okay. and Amanda Seyfried as the girl. The Art of Racing is a terrible name for that movie. It's it. probably what the book is called. Yeah, like, But the dog's name is Enzo. I have after a question. Enzo is the Ferrari. book also... Oh, I get it. Is the book also uh, narrated by the dog? Um, I don't... Maybe. I mean, it would have to be, right? Because that's It'd a be weird from the dog's choice. perspective. Yeah, that's a yeah. weird choice if it's not... But if it's from the dog's perspective, you don't get any racing scenes then, right? Oh, no, no, you get the racing scenes. The dog can't scenes. follow him into the yeah, car. Yeah, yeah. The dog can be in a car. And the dog goes in the... Tr- the dog, like, 
is a part of the journey. Okay, I'm going to stop right there and say that that seems extremely unsafe for the dog. Yeah. Oh, no, the dog's not, like, a part of the actual, like, team racing. He's just the well, dog. asked if he's in the car. Well, there's shots of him in a car driving <laughs> with Milo Ventimiglia. But not but a not, Formula One car. No, not a Formula One okay, racing car. Okay, that's what I need a clarification <laughs> on. That is not a place where a dog should be. No. <laughs> I believe no animals were harmed in the making of that film. I mean, let's hope not. Okay, that's it. We've talked too much about the art of racing. I may Next see guy. that because it is racing and it is a dog. Talk. Mostly because it's a dog and then it's kind of it's racing. Brian Banks. What is Brian Banks? That is also the name of a film that's coming out next week. Yes, yes, this is. This is based off of a true story about a high, uh, college football player who... Named Brian Banks? Named Brian Banks, okay. actually. Got it, all right. Yeah, good pickup on Following. that. Yeah, Following. so you got me so far. About a, a, a college football player named Brian Banks, uh-huh. who is wrongfully accused of sexual assault and is put in jail for t- ten years. Okay, and somebody needs to be saving Mr. Banks. And yes, someone <laughs> does save Mr. Banks, but while he's fighting the conviction, he also has the dream of playing in the NFL. Got it. So it's him fighting the legal system. Um, in order to pursue that dream of being in the NFL. Got it. Uh, spoiler alert, he actually does end up in the NFL. Okay. And was, like I said, wrongly convicted. Right. Okay. Um, that's your spoiler on Brian Banks? Yeah, but if it's based on a real thing, then I, people should know that already. Yeah. Uh, it's The main character is played by Aldous Hodge, who was in... Um, Friday Night Lights, he was also in Leverage, the TV show, and he was also in uh, Straight Out of Compton. Oh, okay. He's one of my favorite actors that I always see around, yeah. but is never in anything. Right. But I like, I, he's, I like him. Okay. He's also got a, got a cool name, Aldous Hodge. Cool. As for the movies that you probably have heard of, uh, one amongst them is Dora and the Lost City of Gold. This, of course, is the Nickelodeon film's live-action adaptation of Dora the Explorer, but with a time jump where Dora is a teenager in high school and somehow gets roped into a, uh, well, a journey to the lost city of gold. An adventure. Yes, an adventure. It seems like they're really going for the tone of those Juman- that Jumanji movie. Yep. Um, and kind of trying to get, I guess, they're- people who grew up with Dora the show. To take their kids. No, 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 no. I don't think we're there yet. Oh, okay. Dora was a little after our generation. Yeah. And so they still have kids. Yes. Per, uh, maybe. I don't know if those kids are like mm. of age to watch. Let's just say that those <laughs> people that grew up in the in the door, like watching Dora when they were very young, uh, are probably in the eighteen to whatever demographic now. How old is? How old are we? How old are they? We're older than that. Yeah, I know that. We're out of that demo. Yep. 18 to 25 is no longer us. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. Oh. Sad, really. Anyway, uh, but yeah, uh, I imagine that that's kind of what they're going for here. I have no interest in this, but I'm sure it'll do okay. You know what's going to happen after this weekend? What? Dora's going to look at Straight the Eyes and say, Do you know where the box office went? (laughs) So you don't think this is going to do well? No, I don't think this will do this well. This thing's going to bomb. I have a feeling this thing this will bomb. This is kind of not a great week, though, like, box office-wise. Unless, of course, you want to 
get into the kitchen with Melissa McCarthy. Dun dun dun. All I know is that this is Melissa McCarthy. It's Melissa McCarthy. It's um, Elizabeth Moss. No, Melissa McCarthy, Elizabeth Moss, and uh, what's her name? Uh, the How to Get Away with Murder lady. <laughs> Main character. Come on, help me out here. I don't. Viola sure. Davis. Yes. 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 Uh, they those are three housewives who live in Hell's Kitchen, uh-huh. New the York. Kitchen. Yeah. The kitchen, and while their husbands are in jail, they decide they need to make money, and so become enforcers, and basically take back their part of town, uh, and take back Hell's Kitchen from the gangsters, and that's it. why it's the kitchen. But it's their story, I don't know if this is based off real events or not. Um, so far, none of the trailers have said based on a true story, so I'm guessing not. Eh, who knows? But this is also Melissa McCarthy. Wanting to be the dramatic actress. Okay. Here's my real take on real, e- semi-real events. Trying to be a serious actor, making that yeah. turn. Well, um, I have to credit uh, 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 Ken Jennings on Twitter for this joke. But if you couldn't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. Uh huh. All right. Uh huh. <laughs> Give me that. It's funny. Uh, then, lastly, this week. Uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, the film adaptation of, of course, the classic uh, anthology for children. Children? Question mark? Children? Uh, the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark that a lot of kids uh, got frightened of. Not to be kids. afraid of, not to be confused with, are you afraid of the dark? No, no, not the Nickelodeon show, but yes, this uh, was a books uh, book that a lot of kids owned which was Scary Stories, and it was paired with really horrifying illustrations that I think still haunt children to these day, this day, as, as adults. I do believe they are quite haunted yeah, by I it. did not grow up with this. Uh, I don't think my parents opted in uh, to that. I, I was not, though. They were not yeah. on the suggested reading for Scholastic. No. <laughs> However, I know a store. lot of people personally that are my age that did grow up with this book. Okay. So, uh, it, I know that it's a very popular touchdown to a lot of people, and yeah, this might actually do okay, because a lot of people have nostalgia for this. Alright. Big we'll question. We'll, what's so, going to be number one? I don't know what's number one. I think this is a tough call. I mean, the kitchen, Melissa McCarthy at one point, fairly recently, was a box office guarantee. So she could... Right, but that was in a comedic right. genre. Right. This is could not take that. The kitchen, uh, give the kitchen some heat. Eh. Uh, yeah. But as for the battle between Scary Stories and Dora, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if people still saw Dora. I'm not ready to give Scary Stories the... the, the Here's the, my hot take. Hobbs and Shaw takes week two you at number it one. Just carries over. You because it has... 60, though? It's going to hit 30, though. Yeah, 30's not going to be enough if people are seeing, still seeing The Lion King right. to the tune of $38 million. Right. Which means that this will be about 32 at a 48% drop. And the other five movies coming out this weekend are all going to cannibalize each other. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Dora has the advantage of having the, the audience guarantee. Dor- it's got a wider audience. Dora has the... Family advantage. Yeah, yes, I don't movie. know. I don't know if it's a thirty million dollar plus advantage wow. though. 
Yeah, and I hate going off the ratings thing because I famously, well, not famously, because no one watches the show, but that's how I got Deadpool wrong. Well, that's how we both got because Deadpool wrong. Because we both were like, it's R. People are going to see the R-rated right, movie. Right, it's R-rated movie. And we were way wrong about that, so I don't know if Brady's We didn't realize how many anymore. Deadpool fans were actually out there. So, yeah. Who knows? Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to maybe give the... Oh, you know what? Fine. I'm going to go with Dora. I bet Dora's your number one. All right. Show. I'll take the Hobbs and Shaw repeat. All right. Let's move on, then. Because okay. those are your new releases, which means we get to talk about... Well, before we move on to news, did you watch any movies this week? I did not. Yeah, I was... You do not have Hobbs and Shaw on here. So I was planning on seeing Hobbs and Shaw this weekend, okay. but my time this weekend got taken up by something else. Okay. Which we'll talk about later. We'll get to it, I'm sure. We'll get to that thing eventually. <laughs> yes. Uh, Madden, for those of you waiting. Yeah, but we'll get to that you, you at the end. spoil it. Uh, but yeah. Oh, um, spoilers. They know what I'm playing. I streamed that thing. I saw a movie that came out in calendar year 2019. Oh, what weekend. did you see? What did you catch up on? Uh, you're not going to expect this one. I watched the movie Ugly Dolls. I am shocked. <laughs> I'm shocked you knew that came out this year. That came out this year. I know. What a weird year. Uh, yeah, I saw Ugly Dolls. Mm-hmm. Um, a DVD copy of Ugly Dolls. Uh, uh, I believe this was with your niece? No. <laughs> Weirdly enough. Oh, this is with your girl. <laughs> Girlfriend. Girlfriend. Yes. Uh, yeah, so... Um, okay, you're librarian. Go on. So, Ugly Dolls. I'm not going to go too long because we have a long show to get through. Um, all I will say is that it's fine. It's cute. It's not as... I was expecting the Emoji Movie. It's not that bad. Okay. It's better than the Emoji Movie. Is, is it like it's, Storks? Yeah, it's around kind of the ballpark of Storks. Storks, I think, is a little better. Uh, okay. Because it's, it's got better jokes. Uh, and it's got more of an emotional hook. This is like 75% like, oh, fun musical movie for kids a la Trolls. I was going to bring up Trolls next. And then the last 25%, the, the last act of this film, really takes a turn um, that reminded me a lot of the Illumination movies, like like Secret Life of Pets and stuff, where it's like, oh, okay, this is telling this other story now that's like a little bit more adult, less kid-friendly, but still, I guess, entertaining for kids. And then it all wraps up in a nice little, pa- nice little package. Okay. So it's an okay movie. I mean, the cast is half the reason to see it. Uh, right. Because Kelly Clarkson as the lead is really charming. Pitbull is a dog. Do I need to say more than Pitbull is a dog? Uh, it's fun for kids. I would recommend if you have a kid that's old enough to, like, take some light violence near the end. Like some, you know, smacking about. Some animated violence. Some robot violence as well. Like, if your kid is old enough to appreciate that... And also not have outgrown musical movies, which I know, like, where what? is that, like, Kids outgrown musical movies? It happens. Not does, but it <sighs> happens. Uh, but yeah, there's some sort of age group, age bracket that, that that's within. And if that's your kid, then absolutely rent a copy uh, of uh, Ugly Dolls and check it out. And if it's not, you uncultured swine. Go to your library, check it out. I'm not going to recommend you spend money on it. It's not that urgent. Uh, but if it ends up on a streaming service soon... Is that a plug? Uh, yeah. You're, go to your local library. <laughs> That's my recommendation uh, for life, really. I mean, you can get so much out of your local library. I know. Everything there is basically free. I mean, yeah. ebooks, Freaking audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a wealth of things I don't think people know about libraries. Well, so, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I it all. It's fine. 
See, watch it, watch it with your kids. It's a fun time. Okay, I'll wait to have kids to watch it. Yeah. No, not really. I think I'm gonna catch it when it gets to streaming. Yeah, it's streaming. It's a it's a something you can watch in the background and streaming. That's what I figured. Is that I'm gonna put it on while I'm cooking dinner and then casually yeah. listen to it and. But yeah, watch that's it. that's my review. Uh, Ugly Doll's not bad. Okay. All right. Uh, let's move on then into movie news. Now that we've got the, our thoughts out of the way. Move aside thoughts. We have news to cover. We have news to talk about. First up, we have news about the Sony Venomverse. Uh, I guess we have to call it Venomverse, not yeah. Spiderverse. It's its own thing. Yeah. So, because Sony still holds all the uh, licensing deals to the Spider-Man rogues gallery of villains... They need to do something with that. So, and of course they did something with it with 2018's Venom. Yes. Which came out to a lukewarm success, I guess you should say. Uh, it's a bit Surprising of... box office, but critically was not lighting things on fire. It's been about a year. It came out last October starring Tom Hardy to yeah. middling reviews, but it had moderate success at the box office. Yeah, but uh, Sony probably has higher hopes for Venom. Two, Venom Dose. Sony yes. has officially signed Andy Serkis to direct the sequel to the 2018 film. The film will once again star Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock slash Venom. This will be uh, Andy Serkis's third directorial effort behind 2017's drama Breathe and 2018's Netflix uh, movie Mowgli Legend of the Jungle. His expertise with CG and performance capture technology, which is why he's famous, is one of the main factors that landed in the gig, of course. The ending of the first film set up a sequel with Cletus Cassidy, a.k.a. Carnage, yes, in a last-minute cameo by Woody Harrelson. So expect Woody, Woody to be your main villain in this one? Maybe, maybe not. Okay. Um, depending on what characters they decide to use. Yeah. They definitely set it up for Carnage to appear in the upcoming film. Uh-huh. Um Eddie Circus worked with Woody Harrelson on the last Planet of the Apes movie, I think. That sounds right. Uh, he was, yeah, the War for Planet of the Apes. Um, yeah, uh, interesting take in getting Andy Circus. I mean, yes, most of it is probably going to be motion captured, so yeah, I can see why they go that way. We don't necessarily think of him as like mainstream action film director yet. Not it's yet, like though. The, what he's hoping to be his springboard. Yes, but consider the directors he's worked with. Yeah, I'm sure he's picked up something along the way. Yeah, he has experience, I'm sure. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see yeah. uh, how that goes. But if you're uh, less hyped on new, uh, new uh, action movies, instead want to enjoy a classic act, classic action movie from 20 years ago. What? 20 years ago? What was that? 90... Wait, that's 2000? 1999? 1999. Okay, 1999. And, of course, that the biggest uh, action movie, the most memorable uh, and uh, important, you you could say, uh, action movie from that year was none other than... Wild Wild West. No, The Matrix, of course. (laughs) And it's been 20 years since the sci-fi genre changer graced the screens. And guess what? It's coming back to theaters. It's getting a 20-year anniversary re-release? Sure is. Beginning August 30th, you can experience it at 135 select AMC theaters, where it can be seen remastered in Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos Sound. The Matrix earned four technical Oscars back in 2000 and inspired a generation of filmmakers 
that followed. It's been it's it's interesting because I was actually thinking about doing a Matrix rewatch. Mm-hmm. This would be a good venue to do that. I'm actually kind of excited to see the Matrix yeah. back on the big screen, especially since I mean it kind of effectively ended practical effects and gave us to the boom of visual effects. It was part of the bridge. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that you're, that you're half right there. It was, yeah, it was it along with a bunch of other movies that came out in 99 was like a turning point where right. it started. I think that and The Phantom Menace. Uh, I think if you yeah. combine The Matrix and Star Wars Phantom Menace, which was also 99, you see the pivot. You see the pivot where a lot of practical stuff was still involved in mm-hmm. the production, but you also saw both movies take real advantage of the things that CG could only do. And then from there on, directors were like, all right, CG. Right, because as soon as Matrix came out, you had Peter Jackson immediately go into production on Lord of the Rings after that, seeing what CG could do. on CG. And then when that won the Oscar, it basically solidified that CG is here to stay. We could only expand from this because the year before, Lord of the Rings Return of the King won for best, uh, best film. The year before that, was Spider-Man, which came out in 2002. Yeah. And that basically broke all kinds of box office records. Sam Raimi, uh, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man. And here we are, yeah. literally 20 years later, with Spider-Man uh, Far From Home and some of the best CGI I've ever seen. Yeah, and The Lion King. The Lion King, about. which is literally one shot, is not CG. The entire film is yeah. CG. And, yeah, just how far we've come in 20 years. It's great. Yeah introspective. So yeah, you guys don't need us to tell you how important The Matrix was, but if you do want to see it again, or like me, have never seen it on the big screen, Mm -hmm. I actually missed it in theaters because I was, what do you know, nine years old, Uh, so I uh, saw it on a DVD for the first time. Uh, uh, so. I believe I watched it in theaters, but I also believe my dad said, close your eyes (laughs) several times during the theater. Very inappropriate. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, actually, you know what? I remember when I saw it uh, the first time, I had a thought, like, you know what? Like, this movie's barely R. I think yes. it was R because they were probably, well, I think some of the... Uh, they literally put a gun next to someone's head and say, dodge this, and blow I mean, his heads out. There's that, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I believe that will give you your hard R. Also, Fine. naked Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yes, I know. But like... Overall, though, it is. Not, oh no, it's pretty tame. It's not a harsh R. It's, it's R a pretty be. okay R. I would even say if you you have a teenager that's circling the sixteen ballpark, yeah. maybe fifteen, sixteen, and they know and they're mature enough to like if they play a video game that's kind of like like a shooter or something, it's not gonna shock them. I it, think the Matrix is perfect for that kind of. thing. It will definitely be interesting to see if they decide to update any of the graphics on it. I would be I I would be surprised if they did. I think this will be the original theatrical. Okay. I could be wrong though. Let's L- move like on. I said, they are at least redoing the sound for Right for Atmos. For Atmos? Yeah, but that's different. That's a that's straight up like theater experience. Yeah, not changing anything. Right. Alright, that's it for movie news. So that brings us into the wonderful world of the small screen. Yes, we're talking about television. Um, we only start television. Real quick, um, there was news that broke today that Disney was canceling a bunch of Fox stuff. However, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, because I'll get on that. we got Disney coming up here first. But first, sports! First, we talk Oops. about sports, and in the sports corner, 
this week. Football is officially starting, well, preseason football that is, as the first week of preseason is this weekend? Uh, yes, technically the pro... The Hall of Fame game was right. last Thursday, yes. but that is always a week prior to the actual start of football. So, well, not the actual start, because that is the actual start, but the week prior to uh, the games going live, or exhibition games, preseason sure. games, yes. week one preseason. What you will. Which is this week, starting tomorrow, I believe. Okay. We have... Raiders and Rams on a Thursday night football. So if you care about preseason, if you want to get an idea of how you're going to do your fantasy draft this year, well, watch yes. these games. Yes. If you want to see who's going to potentially make the roster, yeah. who wants to be a standout player, or who gets injured so you don't draft exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. Be, be aware. Be, so you can that. be prepared. Be prepared, like Scar tells you to. Also, in sports, the... What? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it does. Is this talking about December? Yes, it does. Okay. Well, if you're a basketball fan and you want to know future games. Future games. Future games. Future future games. games. Not game starring future. No, no, no. The rapper future is not playing any of these games. However, on Christmas, there are special basketball games, and they have decided what they will be this year. Yes. Uh, in five months from now, we will have... Wait, four months? Yeah. We're in August. I know. Jesus Christ, right? Four months from now, we <laughs> have... <laughs> We know who will be playing Christmas Day on the NBA, as is tradition. Yeah. As is tradition. Um, the NBA puts on five stellar basketball games, so you just sit in front of the TV and watch basketball literally all day. Yeah. And they got some big games for us this year. We have the New Orleans Pelicans against the Denver Nuggets. This will one. this will be number one pick Zion Williams' yes. Christmas debut, and basically should be his coming out party to the NBA saying, I am Zion Williams, this hear me roar. Yeah. This is what I can do. Because literally all eyes will be on these games. Yeah. Most sports fanatic eyes will be on yes. these games. We also have the Houston Rockets against the Golden State Warriors, who this, are fresh off of a loss for the, uh, the, the, the uh, big championship. Yeah, the NBA Finals. This is also a repeat of the Western Conference Finals. Uh-huh. We also have the Philadelphia 76ers versus the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks uh, were in the Eastern Conference Finals but lost to the Toronto Raptors, who would go on to win the NBA championship. And uh, this is your MVP, Akuta DeCampo, yes. in uh, the NBA game. The aforementioned Toronto Raptors will themselves be facing the Boston Celtics. This is a classic East matchup uh, because... In, it, the Toronto Raptors are the NBA champions. Yes. They kind of automatically get a Christmas Day game yeah. because people want to see them right. play. Yes. And then lastly, a freeway battle with the LA Lakers and the LA Clippers. Not really a freeway really battle. A freeway battle. They're in the same stadium. In, like down the street. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're in the same stadium. Oh, that's right. <laughs> they're both <laughs> they at Staples. The same stadium. Yes. On Christmas Day, we get the battle for L.A. Yes. The L.A. Clippers take on the L.A. Lakers, which both teams have garnered several new players on their roster, including the Finals MVP Kawhi Leonard on the Lakers. Or no, I'm sorry, on the Clippers, going up against Anthony Davis, newly acquired Anthony Davis, and uh, LeBron James on the Lakers. Ooh. So these are some really big games okay. coming up uh, for Christmas, and it's got me excited for basketball. Apparently, 
If you're less excited about basketball and more excited about dodgeball, well then turn on ESPN2 today, or should I say ESPN8? Yes, uh, because as is tradition for the past three years now, <laughs> ESPN2 has decided to become ESPN8, the Ocho, on the first Wednesday of August okay. the 8th. Yes. Well, well, it's, it's the seventh. The seventh. They're but close enough. Yeah, typically it's eight eight, but they do it the first Wednesday instead. But yeah, uh, so you could have watched or recorded some spectacular oddities in gamings, or in, in games, in competitions, as well as, of course, a screening of the movie Dodgeball. Uh, well, it is the Disney-fied, censored version yeah, of the TV Dodgeball. Cut of Dodgeball. Oh, every time I saw a TV cut, I was like. Thank you, Disney. Thank you, Disney. Yeah. Thank you, Disney. I love it. Uh, no one gets hit as hard with a wrench. No, but you must dip, <laughs> dive, duck, dodge, and dodge. All the above. So, yeah, I don't know. That's not really sports, but that's in here, too. I don't know, but they had Joe's <laughs> Marbles run on... Yeah, yeah, that's funny. I recorded that for just a moment ago, the actual dodgeball. Yes, they, they started for 24 hours with a showing of dodgeball. And then all the sports oddities and end it with the USA-Canada dodgeball, dodgeball tournament. And then another showing of dodgeball, dodgeball. and that'll be it. Alright, well, uh, that's it for sports, unless you have anything else to add to sports section here. No, not really. I gotta... Yeah. No, okay. just um, fantasy sports is coming up. Um, yes, hard Knocks, but we'll be talking about that in a second. We'll talk about that in a second. As first, we have to get to television news. First up, yes, we already talked about it briefly, but Disney has been making some announce more announcements about their streaming plan. So, if you were unable to watch ESPN two because you don't have it, yeah. well, you can get it. Bundles! So yeah, you can already get it via ESPN Plus, ESPN streaming service, but guess what? You knew it was coming, and here it is. Disney is bundling their streaming options into one nicely wrapped package. So, what do we get? Alright, you will soon be able to get Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and Hulu. Don't get too excited, it's Hulu ads. Oh, so it's Hulu Basic. Yeah, for $12.99 a month. So thirteen dollars a month. Yeah. That's still over a hundred a year. But what am I getting actually? So this is cheaper than or on par with competitive streaming services, Netflix and Amazon Prime. I believe Netflix is at thirteen yeah, a month. They are. And then Amazon Prime comes with your Amazon Prime for a hundred. Yeah. So. So. Uh, well, uh, I think there all there is also a way to get it a la carte, and I think it is cheaper. Okay. I think it's nine nine. Okay. Anyway, uh, Disney Plus by itself will start at six ninety nine a month, while Hulu is currently priced for that ad tier at five ninety nine. And ESPN, by the way, is four ninety nine a month. So technically, you're saving about five dollars for the bundling. So technically, they're just throwing in ESPN yeah. for free. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. The main question that remains, of course, is the international markets, as ESPN and Hulu are not available in certain places like Canada where there are regional licensing issues. CEO Bob Iger said the company doesn't have, quote, anything to announce right now in terms of adding or subtracting markets. Yeah, it is interesting because Hulu, not all of content on Hulu is available in Canada. Yeah. And then this is goes for double overseas 
as we noted, when Disney was making its big purchase of Fox, they had to do two separate um, sales for their um, domestic in the U.S. They had to sell all of their sports packaging. And then for the international side, they had to sell a lot of the educational stuff and new stuff uh, for international markets. Yeah. So my thought here is that what does this mean for the future, potentially, of the of Hulu as a service? This sounds to me that Disney is going to really take advantage of their ownership stake and now act like Hulu is a Disney property. But what does it mean to the other tiers, though? Like, is there a bundle? Is there going to be a bundle down the line for somebody like me, who's a crazy person, who has the live tier? Is there a future in which... Me subscribing to the live tier could also net me Disney Plus. Possibly, I could see that happening. Yeah, since it's already they know that like people who are in the live tier of Hulu are power users. Right. It wouldn't surprise me if they wanted to sweeten the pot a little bit, get people to move to them for off and off of uh, services like Sling and uh, YouTube TV. I could see that happening. I could also see them just using Hulu. For TV services, mm-hmm. full stop, and move it because we know that Comcast and Warner Brothers are going to be taking not just their streaming services off of it, but their, but programming. their programming and yeah. films as well. Yeah, because Hulu does films. Yes, so it'll be really interesting to see if Hulu is still a viable option for live networks, if those networks still want to play ball. Right. It, it's a really big question mark about how. Hulu is going to uh, shake out in this Disney deal. And, uh, yeah, it remains to be seen. Yeah, as we noted the, in these last couple of weeks that the both uh, Warner Brothers and NBC pulled Friends and, or will be pulling Friends and The Office from Netflix to start their own streaming services. Yeah. Um, I assume they'll be doing the same with Hulu. Uh, but yeah. that is to say they still... Own a stake in Hulu, though. Right. So, so maybe they'll just do, only do live stuff there, and then all their instant streaming, on-demand stuff on their own stuff. A lot of big question marks when it comes to that's a lot of uh, all this stuff. It's a lot of different deals they could work around here. Yeah. There's a lot of options at play. Is what we're trying to get around here. Yes. One thing though that streaming saves you from, well, I guess except for this Hulu uh, tier though. Is advertisements. Well, well, okay. It, it saves you from advertisements, but it saves you mostly from the time of advertisements. And the time of advertisements is something we talked about on this very podcast way back in 2017. We, yeah, we were around for that. Yes, this is a follow-up story, technically, because we reported way back when on a story about how uh, Viacom CEO Bob Bakish had said that their company's uh, commercial minutes were too damn high. To yes. Borrow term, uh, that 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 the networks uh, that they owned were going to cut down supposedly on commercial time. Yes, we noted that in order that he felt that in order to obtain viewer retention, that some of the programmings, like we noted, TBS, TNT, CBS, were going to cut down on commercial time in order to give you more programming time. So now here in 2019, two years later. Let's do a little checkup. All right. Come back to the doctor after two years. Yep. How's my tumor doing? Not good. Damn it. Guess what? Not only did Viacom say this back in the day, by the way, NBC Universal and Time Warner also said this after they were acquired, of course, 
by Comcast and AT&T, respectively. Right. This was part of their deals, their their reasoning to make the deal, saying that if we if we're all in one, that means we can uh, have less ads, and that's actually a good thing for the consumer. Well, guess what? Currently, Viacom, what do you know, has the most commercial time out of everybody with over 14 minutes every hour. Over the course of last year, commercial time as a whole rose 1% every quarter on every network except for Fox, which actually kept its promise and cut its ads by 2% during the year. That may be because they were selling. Shh, don't tell them that. <laughs> Media companies are adding more commercials because sponsors are more sensitive to price increases than to network times allowed for commercials. However, too many commercials is, of course, a top five reason people cancel their cable TV service. Still, you can believe that. Because, quote, if you have to wait six minutes for your content to come back, you could just quickly search, switch over to Netflix or Hulu, says CRO of Turner, Howard Schimmel. Uh, that's Chief Research Officer of... Yes. Yeah, Turner. So, yeah, um, this is weird, because, yeah, like, in this age of where you are paying for services that are ad-free, mm-hmm. like your Netflixes, then there's not as high of an argument you can make for the abundance of ads on regular-ass mm-hmm. te- television. It's a harder set. So people are going to look at that, look at the constant stream of advertisements, especially if the breaks are super, super long, and they're gonna be like, well, why, don't, why am I bothering when I can just watch this ad-free tomorrow? Well, it's also a matter of time, because what's quicker? 300 seconds of ads on live TV or 30 to 180 seconds on the streaming service. Yeah, especially with streaming services like Hulu, barring um, a lot of people, a lot of the networks from creating ad breaks that are longer than 180 seconds. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, it's an interesting uh, argument that I think comes up a lot when you talk about cable cutting. Um, And the, the big corporations are not keeping their promises to keep it down. Uh, this is weird. This is a little weird and off subject, but notice that these are the not necessarily the cable companies themselves. Right. These not are necessarily the corporate, corporate overlords of the yeah. channels. This isn't Verizon, Spectrum, no. Cox. They aren't those cable companies or ISPs or no, they have no power utilities. over what the content creators do. Right. Ultimately. So yeah, this is a content issue. And yeah, I don't know if it's going to change or when. It'll be interesting to see. Well, it'll change when they go streaming because they can get their funding directly. But how much of their funding... How much of that, especially when you're talking about especially live sports, which are probably the most lucrative of everything, especially stuff like championship games and Super Bowl... Live sports deals are the most lucrative. So yeah, I mean, that, even YouTube this past month or in the next couple of months have been having a special free game of MLB baseball to try and get you to sign up for YouTube TV. Like, hey, we have sports too, so you can watch it for free on YouTube and yeah. then try and get them to convert to streaming just on YouTube. But yeah, I would bet though that like it's still lucrative enough just for those special event shows that. They're not going to rely on streaming to get that ad revenue. Well, I was gonna, well, I'm thinking of a different aspect of how they get the revenue is that they put the ads in the show. Yeah, a lot more product. A lot more product placements. But, but or that's the thing is, I feel like yeah. we've had the same conversation for the last decade. Oh, we have. I remember this coming up ten years ago because in college 
I literally did a paper about um, product placement and television shows, mm-hmm. uh, where I talked about some of the more egregious examples, and um, and maybe some of the examples that uh, treated it better. Uh, my favorite, of course, being whenever Thirty Rock would do one, uh, because they were also always really clever uh, with it, mm-hmm. like the Snapple stuff in yes. like season two and the the flurry stuff in season four, <laughs> and of course the slanket. Just like it. But yeah, it's like so this conversation has been happening for a decade now. It's never gonna stop. But streaming does add a unique wrinkle to this, so we'll see how it all pans out once every company has their streaming service in twenty twenty. And that's coming. That's yeah, literally coming. months away. Around the corner. <laughs> uh let's move on then uh, that is it for television news, which means we get to talk about thoughts on right. some television that you've been a watching. Okay, so I have Two sports programs that I think we should get through first. Okay, all right. Because they're kind of quick and fast. Okay, quick and fast. I like quick and fast. Well, both good. also because I've only watched the first episode of each. That also helps. Uh, the first one being Last Chance You. It's back. I saw this on a list of things that were turning to Netflix this week, and I was yes. like, oh, well, Mike's happy. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Last Chance You is back. They are back in independent Kansas, uh, where they're trying to get a super... Uh, Trying to win the JCC National Championship. Right. Uh, it's still good documentary. I still love it. Um, they have some returning characters back, uh, mainly not just in the coaching staff, but uh, also in the players. I love the storylines. I love that it's also only eight episodes. Yeah. So they're quick, eight hours, digestible, able to binge it in a on a weekend if I want to. Um, but uh, it's back. I love it. Um, hopefully, for season three, they'll go somewhere else because that's what they did with the first one. Right. Um, in Alabama, they went there for two seasons. They went here for two seasons. I can only assume they'll go somewhere else yeah. for two seasons because otherwise, you have players literally trying to go to that one school constantly because <laughs> they're being featured on Netflix. Right, exactly. But uh, what's great about this type of show is that the players on it do eventually go on mm-hmm. to actual D1 colleges and actual into the NFL. <laughs> which brings me to my second show, yes. Hard Knocks, oh. where one of the players on that show oh. was featured on the first season of yes. um, of the Last Netflix Chance series you. Last Chance You. So in case you don't know what uh, Hard Knocks is, we talked about it every year on this podcast. Yeah, so we do. It's one of your favorites. Oh, it's one uh, of your we, favorites too. I don't have HBO anymore. I can't watch the season. Wait, um, I thought, is it no longer working? It doesn't work. I think we, we, were sti- we both discovered this at the same time uh, and we couldn't find the password. Well, uh, that's because the password is no longer with... Yeah. Uh, right. the, the company because they got bought out. So, yeah, I don't know. I do not have access to it. Anyways, okay. but yeah, uh, in case you don't know, it's uh, uh, behind the training camps of one of the NFL teams and this year it is the... Oakland Raiders. Yeah. Which is currently in its last season in Oakland before they moved to we Las think. Vegas. We're not... 100% sure, but it looks like that. But. Yeah, as long as the stadium is completed on yeah. time, they will be in Las Vegas next season. Ugh. If not, for sure the season after that, because it should be done by then. We'll see. But anyways, uh, there's um, new stories for the Oakland Raiders, because during the offseason, they acquired two kind of unique players. One, 
being Antonio Brown, wide receiver right. of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and most people's number one pick, former number one pick for fantasy football, uh, if you're doing PPR leagues. Don't know if that's going to be the same case, because Derek Carr's now throwing to him. Yeah. Uh, but they also picked up Richie Incognito. Oh, right. If that name sounds familiar. It does, actually. Yeah. Doesn't bring him any good memories, does it? No. No. But he is also on the team, and in addition to several rookies trying to make the team. I actually kind of like it this way, because in previous years, it was more focused on several rookies trying to make the team. But for the past three seasons, they've switched it to just focusing on different players on the team and their experience on training camp. Eventually, it does morph into players trying to make the team about the second or third, about second or third episode when they finally figure out who actually has a good shot of making the team. They kind of pivot their focus on them. But I kind of also like it because it gives you an entire aspect of yeah. the NFL organization, this one being the Raiders. And yes, there's a lot of drama in this thing. Yes, there's a lot of good music choices in the thing. There's a lot of good editing in this. I love Hard Docs. There's a reason it's won multiple Emmys, always nominated for Emmys. Yeah. It's, per- it's great. I am happy that it is back. Great. All right. Cool. So, if you got HBO, check that out. Yes, that is HBO on Tuesday nights. But that's not the only thing we watched this week. Well, it's also great because, like, after it's literally recaps the past week in in the right. NFL of what literally just happened. You can watch them play their preseason game, and then the next Tuesday they'll recap it's that good, game and everything that led up to it. Yeah, it's a good companion to preseason football, yeah. I think, in a lot of ways. It's definitely a good companion. But, speaking of a good companion... I know a good companion is. Well, well, it's a good companion. Well, it, it's more of like a one-on-one situation. Okay. Or rather, a one-one situation. Uh-huh. Because right. that's a good companion when you're on a train. <laughs> yeah, what kind of train? Uh, a train that just goes on and on and on. Kind of like the band train that goes on yeah, and actually, on and on. Yeah, actually, they have not stopped for some crazy reason. <laughs> no, they are currently going off the rails on a crazy train. All right, all right. Get to it. <laughs> Okay, uh, we're talking about not football or sports anymore, no. but rather a cartoon. Yes, our favorite here at the Media Boat Podcast. We have um, a new Cartoon Network original, um, finally making its serious debut after having a uh, short uh, that was accessible on YouTube for a few years, uh, part of their creators program yeah. uh, that was spun off and greenlit for a series, and now we finally have it. And yes, that's Infinity Train. Yes, Infinity Train. Matt, do you know when that uh, short premiered on YouTube? That seems like a long time ago. That was 2017. This is another update story. So yeah, two years ago. Uh, But yeah, um, the creator, Owen Dennis, uh, you may recognize his name as he was a uh, prominent uh, uh, writer for Regular Show, another mm-hmm. Disney, uh, ch- uh, Disney, wow, another yeah, Cartoon, Cartoon Network, Network original. Um, and now, uh, yeah, the art style definitely shows that. Now he has his own uh, created by credit on uh, Infinity mm-hmm. Train, and yeah, it's debuted this week. Um, and Cartoon Network is doing a classic um, five uh, night event, bomb event where they're just giving you five in a row. Yes. Uh, so yeah, um, I. I don't know if you noticed or read up on it, but the asterisk here is that it is 
the entire series in these five nights. It is ten episodes long. So by the end of oh. this Friday, I'm sorry to spoil that. Okay. Is that it? Yes, there's ten episodes of Infinity Train. Two a night. Uh, it is this week. Are they planning more? Um, yet? Um, Who knows? Don't know yet. Okay, so it's not that this is like some sort of miniseries. It's just they have not confirmed nor like anything beyond the ten episodes that exist. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, they were at Comic-Con this past summer. Mm-hmm. This past Comic-Con event. And they had a panel there, which came to a sold-out show. You know, from a single trailer right, exactly. that they sold out. Uh, in it, Dennis Owens, creator. Uh, Owen, oh, Owen Dennis. Two first names. <laughs> two first names. Uh, in it, he said that he planned Infinity Train as a 10-episode mini-event. Cartoon Network asked him what he wanted to do. He said... He specifically wanted to do 10 episodes that that would tell the story he wanted to tell. Right. Okay. So, So, as far as we know, it is just these 10 episodes. There could be more if it has a well reception and Cartoon Network wants where he wants to do more. So, uh, as for what this thing is, it's very interesting to me that you say that this is uh, in kind of presented in a short format because the premise of the show is one of those premises that you could literally do, as the name implies, forever. Yes. It's literally in, it's in, called Infinity Train, but you can literally have an infinite amount of universes played out in each so, train car. Essentially, the concept here is that young girl, uh, an aspiring uh, game developer... Named uh, Tulip. Yes. Uh, it's a great name, actually. Named Tulip. <laughs> yeah. Good name. Uh, she is on the way to a video game uh, development camp, uh, but she is sidetracked by the fact that her parents won't drive her there. So she decides to go on to, on her own, on her own devices, to go see if she can make it. She takes a train, but it's not just any average train. No, it's the Infinity Train. Dun, and dun, what dun. she soon discovers is that a mysterious train that each car represents its own universe with its own wacky characters, its own crazy logic, and each car is its own microcosm. Its she own also, little universe. Yeah, she also finds out that there is a counting down number on her hand. She doesn't know what it's counting down to. That is also a mystery. So, she is left to her own devices with the help of a couple of uh, companions, a robot uh, with two personalities, and a corgi dog who is the king of his realm. Um, and yeah, they're, they're left to kind of discover the mysteries of the Infinity Train. Yeah, it's kind of cute and kind of interesting. It has yeah. a little bit of that Rick and Morty infinite universes in it. Kind but of, but... Does, yeah. But it's not serious. It's not a satire. No. Like, like Rick and Morty often is. Instead, it's, like, it's more like Adventure Time-ish in that way, mm-hmm. where it's presenting this absolute chaos, anything can happen thing, but all but in a very charming adventure kind of way. Like it's the show is very about like just creativity and really and I like the fact that the, the main character is a video, like amateur video game designer mm-hmm. because it feels like that discovery space of a video game, right? Yep. It feels like you've been placed into a game that you're not familiar, each of these cars. 
is like kind of being placed into a game that you're not familiar with. You're trying to figure out the mechanics, the logic of it. And the character in the show is doing just that. I, I, yes, I really like that she tries yeah. to take every car logically and right. sound and tries to apply the scientific method yeah. to figure out each car. So that's like one half of the show. But then the other half of the show is also really interesting. She's also a teenage girl mm-hmm. who is dealing with teenage girl problems. But instead of being the typical teenage girl problems you might assume they were would be, like friends issue and boys. and No, her issues are actually her family issues as her parents have recently divorced. Or are in the process. Have or... divorced or something. It's not really clear exactly where in the process this is taking place. But they are separated and they're only... Like, they're and still talking to each other. And but it's, it's really affecting her. It's affected her. Um, and um, as speaking as somebody who had this happen to them at pretty much the same age, around <gasps> 16, 17, it's very realistic take. Yes, 13, on, 16, 17. Yeah, it's a very realistic take on, on that process and the feelings you have when you are mm-hmm. uh, growing up always having known your family dynamic in a certain way and have that immediately change one day. It reflects that really powerfully, and it's really interesting so far in the five episodes, five, four or five episodes we've watched so yeah, far. Yeah, five episodes. That have uh, how they've treated, have they balanced and and uh, made it matter in the world of a show that they could literally do anything with. Yes. You have the two sides balanced in a way that's really, really cool. It's not overly melodramatic, even though... Surprisingly, the te- first ten, e- 10 minutes of the first episode <laughs> are incredibly dramatic. Yes. Uh, and I did not see that coming. Uh, but uh, it does well with like balancing the kind of this wonder and creativity of the, of the space of the Infinity Train and the mystery of that with these emotional uh, things she's dealing with. Uh, a tear may have come to your eye, but that's not the onions no. talking. Yeah. No, it definitely has some... Emotional impact as definitely driving home a point, and I think that's kind of why it's only meant to be ten yeah. episodes because there is an end goal that the creator's trying to go to. Being five episodes in, halfway through, I can see where it's going, and I can also see why this isn't something that yeah. needs to be 40, 50 episodes when there's a clear end goal that needs to hit. I could. S- I can easily see this being uh, the structure of this show. I can e- see this being an anthology. Well, that's well. what I was going to say is maybe that. But what I was actually going to say was the structure of the show reminds me a lot of the structure of these animated shows that you're seeing on streaming networks. Yes. The vibe of it seems like it's definitely learned things from the structure of something like Bojack Horseman mm-hmm. or, um, I don't know, name another, like, name another one of those, like... Maybe Netflix is She-Ra. She-Ra. Like, like um, something that's built for Voltron. streaming. Yeah, it's like something like Voltron. Yeah. Something that's built for streaming that they know they have a limited time to tell their story in. It reminds me, the vibe... And, Avatar. And, yeah, then the way that they're kind of referencing things from previous episodes yeah. reminds me a lot of something like a Netflix show. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really cool and unique for Cartoon Networks over. And it's like... It'll be really interesting to see how they tie everything up. I think that's also why it's a limited event, because these are episodes you can just plot in any order randomly. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Uh, I think some well, of them... Well, the fact that you have a countdown, literally, yeah, that they reference... You do. But you for the most part, to. though, the mystery and the car thing really offers, it, uh, offers itself well to a Monster of the Week kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, that's the structure of the show. Yeah. 
And so I think that they could... What I think that maybe sold Cartoon Network on this concept is that this thing, I think, could be shown out of order. I think you can syndicate this thing. Uh, obviously, they don't, but you right. know what I mean. Yes. You could just show this on a Saturday morning I, because you don't need the through line. You don't need the momentum. But if you are watching them in order, it helps. Well, let's say that because they keep referencing the number on the hand. I don't I think it's super super important, though. The number does jump around, yeah. yes. We don't know at this point in the series where we're at. We do not know the importance of it. Right. So it's hard for me to say if it's important or not. I think I know the importance of it, well, but I'm not same. 100% sure. I have a theory, but I only also only have two days left to watch the yeah, whole thing. Right. So it's not really prudent me to say this now and then two days later have a big reveal. Yeah. Or maybe not. Who knows? It's not like Kingdom Hearts where I have to give my answer <laughs> five years before it actually comes out. Yeah, but so I think it's really promising so far. I mean, like, if we are yeah. only halfway through, then yeah, who knows where this thing is uh, to go uh, in, the, in the future here. Uh, but yeah, we'll definitely be checking in the rest of it out. Oh yeah. I had my doctor watch some of it with me yeah. as I was watching it while she was there. Uh, the first two episodes, night one, she was kind of annoyed because they yeah. kept saying the word train a lot. They do say like, train a lot. wow, that's enough train. Stop saying train. Why is this train, 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 train? Because <laughs> it takes it's place a, a train. train. Yes. Uh, but by watching the second episode, yeah. because it's the, uh, the night two, because the third episode started with basically the basis of the trailer, or the first right. one, she kind of goes like, wait, this seems familiar. I think I've seen this yes. before. You and probably then, showed her before. I probably showed it her before. <laughs> and then when the fourth episode came on, she was like, oh, this is kind of interesting now. I'm kind of into this. Yeah. Vaguely. And so I'll probably show her the rest of it. Yeah. I think it's got a really good hook to it. I think it's really interesting. And yeah, we'll see how it turns out. Yeah. I mean, we only have till Friday to watch it. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. All right. That's it for Thoughts for Television, which means Do you watch anything to... else? No, that's it. That's all I did. Yeah. I don't think I have anything else. It's summer. Yeah. Um, TV will be coming back shortly. Soon. Soon. Yeah, we'll get there when we get there. First, we got to talk about cancellations and renewals. All right, what am I no longer watching? All right, first up, canceled on FX is Baskets after four seasons. I think it's upcoming fourth season. Uh, I believe it's it. Oh, okay. It is currently in the middle of its fourth season. So uh, be it. It's episode on the 22nd, I believe, will constitute its series finale. So, yep, that'll be it for Baskets. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's only got, like, three episodes left, then, for it to be done. Netflix has also finally, finally finally brought an end, that's not maybe the best way of putting it, No. to 13 Reasons Why. After its fourth season, it will be done. Its upcoming fourth season will indeed be its last. And uh, if I'm to believe the internet, maybe Euphoria ate its lunch. (laughs) That's what it seems like. Yeah. All right. uh, Moving on. CBS's American version of Love Island, the currently very viral eh, Uh, British uh, dating show, uh, that is getting a second season. So we will have more Love Island to come. mm -hmm. Also, no pun intended. ABC is bringing back the great American baking show, the American version, of course, the great British bake off. Uh, for its fifth season. Uh, yes, that will be an upcoming December release. Uh, mid-season. It will take place in between the seasons. That sounds like a show that is a mid-season replacement. Yep. 
Simeon Hill on Showtime will be getting a second season. That's your Kevin Bacon in Boston. Yeah. The 100. All 100 of them on the CW. Canceled after oh. seven seasons. That thing went seven, seven seasons? Seven seasons of The 100. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. Ugh, okay. The OA on Netflix. Canceled after two seasons. This is notable. I saw somebody on the internet uh, note mm-hmm. that this is... What this is this uh, the cancellation of the OA means that both of Netflix's currently airing series that were showrun by women have both been canceled. This and Two Pan Birdie. Oh, okay. Yeah, not a great look if you're Netflix. Huh. Against me. I don't know. Maybe so. there's making room for other stuff. Wait, I thought Glow was women run. Glow is technically not showrun by okay. Judgey Cohen. I think she's as a creator uh, credit. I do not believe she is the showrunner. Okay. So, yeah. I think she may have given that title up after season one. All right. As is tradition in television showrunning. Right. Uh, typically, your creator, if you're the creator, you run it for one or two seasons, maybe three, but then you're like, I need to train talent up. And then and you, you go on to something over, else. You move on to something else. Mm-hmm. Do something. And Jeji has several projects all, all the time, so I wouldn't right. be surprised if she was like, quick to be like, all right, somebody take care of this. Right. All right. Uh, also, uh, The Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise on ABC are both getting renewed. The Bachelorette for a 16th season and Bachelor in Paradise for a 7th. So more of your favorite reality <laughs> show. Uh, people keep watching them. People yeah. are invested. Uh, Emmy favorite Atlanta gets a fourth season on FX. Uh, dude, this is a big like note here. It'll get a fourth season, but they have yet to shoot season three. So, so uh, extra order. basically what's going to happen is as soon as Donald Glover, uh, sorry, as soon as Charles Gambino <laughs> decides to finally hang up his mic, right? because he's still out touring. He's on his last tour, supposedly. Supposedly. Um, then he will come back into the, into Atlanta Studios. Yeah, and, and then make more and Atlanta. Atlanta. And make both season three and season four back-to-back for right. Atlanta. So you won't see season three until next year at the earliest, and that will still be a three-year hiatus. Yeah. Uh, Also in FX, Snowfall also returns for our fourth season. Hey. So I don't know. If you're watching Snowfall, all I know is that that's the cocaine show. That's definitely the cocaine show. That's the cocaine show. Uh, All right. And last asterisk here uh, for renewals. Um, This wasn't specifically said, but... uh, one of the VPs at FX said that if It's Always in Sunny Philadelphia wanted to run forever, they could. <laughs> well, he didn't say forever. He said for another four seasons, which oh, would make Jesus, it their, like... would be forever. Which would make it their, I think, 19th season. That's... Basically said that it's up to the creators if they want to keep going. Wow. That's a lot of seasons. But it's probably cheap to make. I mean, yeah, and I imagine. And structurally, it is kind of a live action The Simpsons. Yeah. So they could just run it forever. I don't know. Well, as long as the creators want to continue doing it because the creators are also the stars of the show. Yeah, they might want to do something else. So as long as they yeah. want to be in It's Always Sunny. Surely Danny DeVito wants his film career back, right? Dude, right? he's probably making a million dollars an episode. I know. For ten episodes. Yeah. Anyway, that was a joke. I know. Uh, let's uh, move He's going on. where the money is. Out of cancellations and renewals and into deaths. We got, uh, man, some rough ones. 
First up. All right, what am I no longer watching? Uh, well, no, more like reading as famous poet and Pulitzer Prize winner Toni Morrison has passed age 88. Oh, uh, yeah, this was the big one I saw this was everywhere. This the rough one, yeah. Author of The Bluest Eye, Song of Solomon, and Beloved, of course. Yeah, mm-hmm. she won the Pulitzer Prize back in 1988 and remains a very, very important um, um, figure in African-American literature. Yep. So, yeah, she will definitely be missed. Yeah, that's uh, that's the big one when they show all the stars at the um, uh, celebrities at the end of the year. Yeah, well, the celebrities will be missed. This yeah. will be one of the top ones. Then, meanwhile, in the world of sports, Mike Troy, age seventy-eight, Olympic champion slash world record holder for the two hundred meter butterfly, way back in nineteen sixty. Yes, but that record stood yeah. for twenty years until Mark Spitz broke it. Right. Famously. And then that was broken by Michael Phelps. Famously. <laughs> which was actually just... The reason I put this in it was because that record was literally just beaten last week. Wow. During the uh, FINA World Championships. Yeah. So, so yeah, so we have a new Michael Phelps out there in the water now. So, yeah, needless to say, of course, Mike Troy would be in the pantheon of famous Olympian swimmers. Yep. And famous, most famous swimmers of all time. So, yeah, definitely, yeah. if you're a swimmer... You look up to him as an icon for sure. All right, let's move on out of deaths into something hopefully happier, the world of music, and I hand this to All right, and we always start music with Billboard. We start the Billboard with the Hot 100, and I think, if I'm not mistaken here, we have the record. We, we, Continues to be a record. We we forgot our hats and our blow horns and... Our well, because last week was the big deal. This week is just, wow, really still? Yeah. Um, so, no one has decided to, in 18 weeks, <laughs> take on the champion right. that is Lil Nas X and Old Town Road. It is still the number one single, which means that, yes, it has set a new record. Since 17 was the new, new record, no, the old new record, 18 is the new, new record. Unless, of course, it goes for. 19 next week. Uh, will 19 be a new new record? We'll see. All right. Yeah, so it new just new just record. Keeps hiring, hiring like uh, keeps uh, raising the bar for whatever single tries to uh, beat this record in the future. Well, it's an old town road number one, Lil Nas X. Yep. Uh, number two, still, I think this now holds the record for number two. Maybe <laughs> is Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. Just might. Uh, number three is Senorita by Shawn Mendes and Camila Cabello. Number four. Truth Hurts by Lizzo. Moving up. And number five, Talk by Khalid. Yep. Uh, that brings us to our Billboard 200 charts. A lot of shake-up this week. Yes. I do believe um, Old Town Road will be knocked off next week. Why do you say that? Uh, because we'll have a new number one album next week, which will probably have a new we'll see. number one song. We'll see. All right. Well, before we get to next week and what will probably be number one, yeah. uh, what's number one this week on the Billboard 200? You tell me. The Search by NF. So I don't know where the hell this came from. I don't know what this is. But man, whatever it is, it robbed a chance of a number one record. Well, and it definitely did. I did not see that coming. No one did because Chance the Rapper's The Big Day yes. came in at number two. Uh, number three is No. I'm uh, sorry. Number six, Collaboration <laughs> Project by Ed Sheeran. Yep. Number four, When We Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go by Billie Eilish. And number five, Indigo by Chris Brown. Is it safe to say Billie Eilish is a hit 
I mean, this clearly, year? clearly, clearly, one hundred percent. If you're going to uh, compile at the end of the year things that made an impact in the music industry, yes, she's on that list. Okay. I think right up, right behind uh, Lil Nas X. So still matter. number two. Still number two, <laughs> but still, yeah, right behind Lil Nas X when it comes to impact. Because yeah, like having uh, both a single and an album that's charted this long is quite a statement. Especially the this high too. I could see her. Uh, uh, surprising a lot of people at the Grammys next year. Hmm. I would not be surprised. I'd be surprised. Well, no, no, I wouldn't be. <laughs> no, I've yet to I've yet to hear that perfect album. We've had a perfect album, like, but this time last year we had a perfect album. We did, but not every year has its golden hour. Uh, yeah, that's a rare occurrence that one we can agree on something. <laughs> yeah, like we can that. agree on that. And two, there's <laughs> something that good. Like makes such a big impact. So no, right. yeah. Like I don't know. Uh, I mean, I have a, some picks of my favorites of the year, but they're not mainstream records like that. So okay. it's like it's it's been it'll be an interesting year. Also, we have a lot of question marks with bands that have not put up their records yet, uh, uh, or so, artists. Big one being Taylor Swift with her exactly. upcoming album. Taylor Swift is to come. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how much of an impact that's going to make, especially considering the this. year she's had where she cannot. For the life of her, get a single to yeah. chart. So I know, she we'll put three out of nothing. Yeah, it's been rough. Yep, we'll see. Uh, well, if those, if she can't chart, and if we're looking for a new album, maybe we'd be in this new releases. All right, what am I listening to this week? I don't know what you're listening to, but here are the new releases. Okay, we have Electric Youth by Emotion. So I actually e- memory uh, emotion. I actually did. Starting this week, I have reversed my order. Okay, thank you. So that way it's the same as the before. Thank you. So it'll be artist, then uh, This is Electric Youth with Memory Emotion. There you go. This is Marika Hackman with Any Human Friend. Mm-hmm. Ra Ra Riot yep. with Super Bloom. Rick Ross. Yes, that Rick Ross. Yep. With Port of Miami 2. It's the, the sequel. Uh, Slipknot, yes, that Slipknot. <laughs> yeah, all right, not with. We are not your kind. Did I tell you my favorite story about Slipknot? Is that deal with CJ? No, weirdly enough. Oh, it's other good stories about Slipknot. No, my favorite story about Slipknot is so. I was in the car once with my my parents and my sister, and my sister is like talking about my. Oh, I forget what it was talking about like music or something oh I think she had like a CD that she had like mm-hmm. either she had burned for somebody else or somebody had burned for her and one of the bands on that CD was Slipknot <laughs> and my sister in a moment I'm sure of panic was trying to like assure my parents like when my I think my dad asked what what's Slipknot she's like oh they're a Christian band <laughs> and I'm in the back of the car trying to stifle my laughter because I know she's lying <laughs> And Clearly. they know she's lying. I'm sure they do. <laughs> she's lying. I'm just like, no, actually, I bet my parents still don't know a Slipknot. With a name like Slipknot. I know, but hey, you know what? There's weirder named Christian bands out there. Sorry. Right. Anyway, so now I think about that every time I think about Slipknot. Yes, the Christian band Slipknot <laughs> with We Are Not Your Kind. They're not your kind, for sure. Uh, that could stri- be the name of a Christian album. Yeah, you're not your kind. Yeah. Uh, strung out with songs of armor and devotion. Okay. The regrets with how do you love? Good question. Question mark. Uh, Tori Kelly. Yes, 
that Tori Kelly. Still trying to make Tori Kelly happen. With inspired by true events. <laughs> Not to be confused, based on true events. Right, different. These are, these are inspired by true events. Uh, and lastly, why? 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 With a, okay, oh, I have. <laughs> sure. I believe that's what it is. Yeah. Or, I'll call. I'll call. I'll call. Yeah. I'll call. I don't know. Oh, all right. Why? 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 I don't know why. Why? Why? Uh, so, those are your new releases. Yeah. Well, unless something else decides to pop up. Uh, but we have music news. We and sure we're going to start with a sad story here. Yeah, it's, it's rough. It's it's a rough one. I mean, it could be worse. Oh, it could definitely be worse. But, but yeah. I mean, yeah. Alright, oh. right, whatever. Oh. Okay. We're all in weird noises right now. I don't like talking oh, okay. about these stories. <laughs> but we, we talk about them every week. Yeah, or, we do. or at least deaths every week. We do. Uh, but pink. Not the color. Which, when I go search pink... Uh, the color definitely came the artist out. Known as pink. Yes, the artists uh, currently known as Pink. Um, <laughs> well, a small plane carrying the management team for the singer crashed in Denmark on Monday and burst into flames, according to Danish media, uh, which was cited by the Associated Press. No one was hurt. Yeah. Thankfully, That's the key. report yes. says this is key. No one was hurt. Um, noting that the singer was not on the flight. Uh, Pink, quote, quote, Pink was not personally on board, but her manager and several other members on on the tour she's currently on were, were on the plane. But it all turned out okay, uh, said Pink's promoter, Kristen Svensson, uh, who told uh, CBS. Pink's manager is Roger Davies, who has also worked extensively with Tina Turner and Cher. This is someone who is big yes. in the touring management. Yes, so it is a miracle that they all got out unscathed of this, and yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, I didn't really look into this, but I saw all the headlines that said yeah. management team crashed. Right, yeah. I didn't really, I, I thought that that was it. They just crashed and burned. Yeah, well, when you see the headline that says, plane goes up in right. flames. Right, you think that everybody's think, toast. Yeah. yeah. But no, thankfully no one was hurt. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's rough, but uh, it's good that everybody survived. Yep. Uh, but uh, that's, not our, only that's story. not our only story this week, as we have Universal Music Group. Uh, well, kind of. Chinese digital giant Tencent. Yep. Um, if you don't know what Tencent is, they basically own things that you probably own. Yes. Or probably watch. Uh, they have a lot of stake in literally everything. Yeah. Well, they currently have entered negotiations with French media conglomerate Vivendi. Yep. Uh, to buy a ten percent stake in Universal Music Group. Vivendi. Yeah. That's Vivendi, a name that sounds familiar. Megacorp that at one point owned a lot of crap now owns less crap, but still owns more than you think they do. They have a bunch of international stake in the Universal Music Group, even though they are no longer the corporate overlords of mm-hmm. Universal. I believe at one point they also had a stake in Ubisoft. Correct, yes, which uh, Ubisoft themselves uh, 
fought back over the last few years and finally uh, survived. Yes, they were able to buy out Vivendi and yes. hold off a corporate takeover. But yeah, so this is uh, Vivendi's like part of Vivendi's stake that Tencent wants uh, to to is sought after here. So right, Vivendi announced the talks on Tuesday, saying that the negotiations were based on a valuation of Universal Mu- Music Group at about thirty three point six billion dollars. Yeah, so ten percent stake of that. Yes, ten percent stake of that would still be millions of three point three six billion dollars. Yes, uh, the stake. Would, yeah, uh, the deal would give Tencent a one year option to purchase another ten percent stake on the same terms. <laughs> yeah. Meaning, we'll give you th- like we'll charge you three billion for ten percent, and then if you like what you've had so far, for another three billion dollars, you can buy another. 10% stake, meaning yeah. 20% <laughs> of Universal Music Group could be owned by a Chinese company, Tencent. Right. So, yeah, this is, like you said, uh, part of a recurring theme. This is what Tencent does, yep. is that they've been trying to own a bunch of creative content, like like a bunch of creative content. It's weird that they're going through Vivendi on this because Tencent yeah. is also big in the video game industry. Correct. Yes, they are. I believe they're the ones responsible for... Uh, PUBG. They own, I believe, a piece of the PUBG Corporation. I believe they own a piece of Riot. Yeah, I think that's the other uh, one I'm thinking of. Yeah, I think they have a piece of Epic, which they actually bought that piece of Epic way back when they had only recently not, be, like, like spun off of uh, being the Microsoft sub- like sub- subsidiary. Mm-hmm. It, they actually did it way before all this Epic Store thing. I bet they're super happy with that investment. <laughs> oh, that investment now. now paid off. <laughs> oh yeah, one hundred percent. Because I remember hearing that story at the time. People were confounded. They were like, "Why would Tencent want Epic? All they make is like Gears of War, right. and like they're talking about an Unreal Tournament game, but that doesn't seem lucrative." Flash four. Oh yeah, and I think they had announced Fortnite, but it was still Fortnite, Fortnite saves the world. Saves, right. Nobody knew it was going to be the juggernaut it would become. So it didn't. It puzzled a lot of people. Now everybody realizes. Oh. They saw something nobody else saw, that mm-hmm. Epic had a grand 10-year plan, probably, yep. that they were going to expand and be the next Valve. <laughs> Who, Who knew? knew? Tencent knew. Who knew? Tencent knew. I think someone told Ten- or Tencent told them, here's what you need to do. They had to have talked about it in negotiations, surely. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Tencent knew that they had big plans. I, I mean, I bet they probably brought up the fact that they wanted to be like Valve and have their own story eventually. Yeah. And that's what they... They basically sold them off. So yeah, needless to say, bottom line here is... Of course, that's all speculation right. here. But needless to say, Tencent's after your stuff, is I oh, guess yeah. you say. <laughs> no, Tencent is media tech conglomerate in China. Indeed. Who owns literally half the stuff you probably they have. They want to be the biggest company. Uh, they want to be the one of the bigger media companies in the world. Literally, they're on par with Alibaba in, in, there. in China. And Speaking of which... Ugly Dolls, by the way, huge co-finance deal with China. Oh, yeah. In the opening uh, sequence of that thing, the logos just kept coming. There's an Alibaba logo. There's some mm-hmm. other logo that I didn't recognize. Like, that thing is 100% co- like Like, you all over it is co-finance Chinese dollars. Oh, yeah. The actual film, you can't tell. But, like, all that opening stuff is like, oh, wow. This was the perfect example of when, if you want to show somebody... Like the uh, example of what, how much is co-financed by China? That is a perfect example. 
You want to see something that's Koufax actually from China? <laughs> Look at any recent yeah. legendary film. Oh, yeah, no, the legendary stuff. Legendary, too. I know, because we deported on legendary, making that big deal with uh, the H Brothers, two H Brothers. Yeah, something like uh, Hui Entertainment, I think. Yeah. Yeah, or Huey. All right. All right. Uh, that brings us to thoughts. And I listened to an album. Okay. Um... I listened to a surprise release, Drake album. Oh, you listened to this uh, care package. Yes, Drake dropped a care package <laughs> yes, for everyone. Like a video game. Yes. This, uh, my understanding about this is basically this is a collection of singles and tracks that were not on his albums over the course of his career from, I believe, 2011 to 2016. Yes. But that were maybe released on, like, websites or something, and for whatever reason did not get an album release. So a lot of the... So this is... Uh, Care Package is a compilation yeah. of singles and one-shots yeah. that Drake has done over the course of his career that, for one reason or another, never made it onto any of his specific albums. Yeah. He's dropped them, he's performed them, he's released them as promotions for albums, but they've never appeared on an album until now. Now we finally have Drake the Completed Collection. The <laughs> the Lost episodes, right, yes. if you will. Yes, if you will. Drake uh, deleted scenes. Yeah. <laughs> Which somehow this still ended up being like an hour and fifteen well, minutes. Yeah, because Drake is nothing but full of songs. Yes. And w- when I listened to this album First, I thought, oh, Drake has a surprise album. I didn't know he was working on something outside of Scorpion. Who knew? <laughs> I was like, oh, this is great. Then I started listening. I was like, this all feels subpar. <laughs> Do I not like Drake? Is Drake not that good? Am I really not on the Drake train? This can't be right. Uh-huh. So I listened about halfway through. I was like, eh, some of this I like, some of this I don't. Yeah. What's on that song that stands out to me on this is Draft Day, but it talks about. Johnny Manziel and <laughs> AD. You're biased, yes, to a- like. Them. Well, yes, it's, it's talking about Johnny Manziel and um, uh, AD, not Aaron Donald, but Anthony Davis, because <laughs> as they were both number one picks of the time two years ago, yeah. three years ago. So uh, there might be a reason why uh, this collection might seem a little um, dated. Well, not only dated, but like a little uh, like unbalanced. Yeah, it's because. Drake very clearly now with the power of uh, of uh, hindsight very clearly had a peak and then a slow descent. Yeah. So yeah, I imagine probably the stuff that's closer to 2011 uh, near the Take Care era mm-hmm. is probably a little better than the stuff that came later. It is. Yeah. I definitely see like towards the end of the album he gets more into sampling stuff. Yes. yes. And a lot more of his like. There's a turn. There's turn? a Drake turn. Oh yeah. Where he w- went from like all my songs are like kind of depressing and sound like they're recorded in a bedroom and I'm going to talk about very specific details about my exes, then it kind of pivoted into no. Instead, I'm going to chase trends. I'm going to have more features, and I'm going to go heavier on the beats. No, you definitely tell that. Yeah, you definitely had a, a right turn, and that's about the time that I stopped caring about Drake. Yeah, I, I didn't really care for this album. Yeah. I mean, I assume this will be the new number one album because it is Drake, after all. right, yes. Just because it is Drake, I don't know if any of the songs will hit the number one single and bump off Lil Nas X, but because of the name Drake and because it is a 
new album and will be listed as a new album for yeah, him. I think people that will girl, listen to yes. it and it will definitely be the number one album next I think week. You are correct. But yeah, um, I might check this thing out because I'm curious about what's in here. But yeah, it yeah. be interesting. It is interesting. But if there's one album that, or sorry, if there's if there's an album or at least an artist that can beat Drake at the number one spot, it will be Tool. Tool? Tool. Tool. The band Tool. <laughs> and the only reason I bring this up now, because you don't have your, your news, is because for the first time ever, the band Tool has put... I have to say because otherwise it sounds weird saying Tool. <laughs> tool. Yeah, like Piro Tool. <laughs> the band Tool has put their entire discography on streaming services, including Spotify, so I was going through the release. It's like five two albums, two albums. Like what? Yeah. They just put five albums out? It's no, like, they're not. No. They're not new. They're old. No, they're old. But because there is such a dedicated following to them, and they do have a huge influence in the rock scene, that they may get it because it's new streaming. But uh, no. I think Drake nah, might have the wider yeah. appeal to where so. Drake's gonna be yeah because i think that there are probably three people who will listen to the drake for every one tool fan mm, yeah <laughs> maybe yeah. all right Fair uh, enough. all right did you listen to anything no oh okay okay uh, then that's it that's the end of music news and music thoughts that brings us into which means video games we get to move on to the most exciting segment oh yeah <laughs> for but we're excited about very two very different things no no we are excited about <laughs> Because uh, we have new releases of video games. First They're not up, exciting. Uh, yeah, they are. First up is Pillars of Eternity: Colon Complete Edition for the Switch, and Rebel Galaxy Outlaws for the PC. That's the sequel to Rebel Galaxy. I did. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, they're outlaws now. Yep. Uh, but let's quickly jump into video game news. Ooh. All right. Two first, very different stories. Oh yeah. So. First up, Matt, where do you stream your video games? Well, I do not personally stream video games, but we here at the Mediabo Podcast, when we stream video games, we stream them on Twitch.tv, the premier place to stream video games, right? Uh, you would think so. Right? 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 You think so, that when you think of streaming video games, first thing you think of is Twitch.tv. I mean, Twitch.tv. Not, not YouTube remember Gaming? Justin TV. Yes, but remember YouTube Gaming.tv? <laughs> no, no, it doesn't count. YouTube.gaming? Uh, but, yes, Twitch. Um, most famously is the current, I want to say, current streaming place for video games. Yeah. But they just lost a huge sponsorship. As streamer Ninja, famous from Fortnite Ninja, uh, whose real name is Tyler Belvins, is ditching Twitch for rival streaming platform Mixer. Uh, Do you know what Mixer is? Mixer is a Microsoft streaming platform. Did you know about Mixer before this week? Yes, actually, I did. But that's only because I follow video game news (laughs) like a total crazy person. (laughs) And that should not be an average thing. No, so this is probably when a lot of people are going to find out about Mixer for the first time. This is also the week I found out about Mixer. But not because of this story. Because, as I'll get into, I was trying to stream Madden for the Xbox. And I was like, huh, why is there no like automatic like streaming thing here? Yeah. Like, oh, there is. Broadcast. 
to Mixer. The hell is Mixer? I want Twitch. That's what Mixer is. And that's that's what I found out what Mixer is. So, yeah. But no, but not by this. Although, when I saw the story, like, the next day, I was like, oh my god, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah, the super popular streamer, Ninja, announced the news in a fake press release uh, that he stated that nothing will change in terms of content, but, quote, it's the same me, just on a different platform, he said. Uh, Ninja also said that he plans to get back in touch with my roots as it relates to streaming. Uh, that's kind of noteworthy because Ninja started out as a popular Halo streamer before going to the newer titles. He's most recently famous for streaming Fortnite, so much so that he appeared in several commercials so, yeah. for Fortnite, mainly for Sprint, when they were advertising their new Galaxy phones. But that wasn't the only thing, because over the course of the last year, Ninja has kind of become the symbol of streaming, especially streaming Fortnite. He's shown up in television shows across mm-hmm. the gamut, whether yes. it be your morning shows... I believe there's an episode of The Simpsons that he's in. Uh, like, yeah, Ninja became this cultural figure that represented the juggernaut that video game streaming has become. Do you want to know how big he is? How big is he? My dad knows who Ninja is. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, this is the kind of level of celebrity we're talking about Ninja. I My do... dad asked me if I knew who Ninja was. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but, like, but I do want to note, though, the world of Twitch moves quickly. Oh, yes. So... It is important to note that he is no longer, even before this deal was inked, the biggest streamer uh, on Twitch. No, he was usurped. That being said, he was the number one guy so long that culture caught up with him long enough to have him as the center like, of the world. No, Twitch people have actually moved on, and there are much more famous and active uh, Twitch streamers for Fortnite now. He's basically what PewDiePie was to YouTube, yeah. Ninja was to Twitch. Before PewDiePie shat the bed. Right. Uh, so yeah, like uh, Microsoft, this move I think is smart because they're taking the cultural cachet that Ninja has still mainstream. And so that balances out the minor sacrifice they're making of the fact that he's not as hot as he once was. Yeah. So. They're basically saying, like, if we guarantee him some money up front to move to to promote our service so that way more mainstream people know that Mixer exists, it is worth it for him to lose his audience. Because presumably, a lot of people will not follow Ninja off of Twitch. People are subscribers to the network, not to the person. Yes, but all you need is a 10% grab. He has millions of subscribers. Right. Ten uh, percent of that will be a million new subscribers to yeah, Mixer. You're not wrong, uh, but at the same time, though, like the money there is a fraction of yes. what you would have been making if you stayed. The other thing, though, is yeah, like so. So this it's important to note that the, that about his choice of game is right now Fortnite. But as your story, as the story mentioned. As I'm going to get to right now. Yeah. The Microsoft reason has reasons to encourage Ninja to play their own games, such as the upcoming Halo Infinite. Yes. Microsoft loves Synergy. Yes. They want you to play Halo, which is an Xbox exclusive, on Xbox, where you can stream on their service, Mixer, which, going back to how I found about Mixer, is the exclusive streaming service for Xbox. Uh, but, yes, anyways, as you were saying... Yeah. 
uh, the other news that came out this week, kind of submission is, um, the upcoming Xbox release for Halo, Halo Infinite, will be coming out next holiday season. Which we figured, because we figured it would coincide with the release of Project Scarlet. Right. We knew that would be an Xbox whatever day of relaunch. Future Xbox game. Future Xbox day one launch title because that's what Halo is. So yeah, I would not be surprised if they spend 2020 really pushing Ninja and putting him as a center, central role in rolling out Infinite. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, this is a new era in Ninja's life and potentially a new era in streaming. You don't have uh, what his um, how much he's being paid though. No, uh, $38.7 million dollars is the uh, the number I saw. How much? Thirty eight point seven million dollars. Just to go sign. on Mixer, just to yeah. sign. This That's was a big signing bonus. I think a uh, hypothetical number. I don't think the official numbers were released. Okay, I don't think they would release it, but yeah, but it was dang. in the million. It was in the double millions. That so is it's a that lot is a payday. That's a ten. And then just already a, a multi-millionaire. So this is not like this is not that big of a deal to him, but in the grand scheme of things, but this makes a rich man even more rich. Is basically what's happening. So there you go, streaming. Who knew? That's an eight-digit yeah. paycheck. Yeah, I know. Ugh. It's insane for playing video games. Yeah. Uh, Microsoft, give us a, a percent of percent of that. <laughs> right. We talk about video games and we stream. That's close enough. Yeah, we're close enough. We'll talk about you exclusively if you give us that money. No, no, we won't. Anyway, I know someone who will talk about you exclusively for that money. Yeah. All right. Uh, that brings us to our second story. All right. Pokemon. The wrong logo. I know. This ain't about the fake game. This is about the realist game. Okay. So, I've seen mixed emotions about this, but... What? Pokemon. Mixed emotions. Okay. Pokemon, today... Okay. Today... Yes, today, this morning. This morning, out of nowhere. I literally saw the tweet or post last... No. When I woke up this morning, yeah. I saw the uh, headline uh, that said, here's where you can watch the new Pokemon stream. I saw it I uh, like, a couple what? days ago. I saw it on Twitter. I follow. I, I made the correct choice now, I realize, to follow the official Pokemon account on Twitter. Oh, directly. It, yeah. it has been a godsend, because now I know these things happen beforehand instead yes. of the day of. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is a... A Galar research update is what they called it. Yes. Well, for Galar being the new region of Pokemon. And as we... Yes, for Sword and Shield. And as we do here, we cover everything Disney. I mean, everything (laughs) Netflix. I I mean, mean, everything everything China. China. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Everything Nintendo Pokemon. Pokemon. Pokemon related. Uh, But, yes. uh, The stream this morning revealed several new features and or... Pokemon in Sword and Shield. Okay. Alright, first up, we have more Pekko. So, what more is Pekko. It? This is a new creature described as a form-changing Pokemon discovered in the Galar. Uh, which is going to be your new Pikachu type. Yeah, basically, yeah. He's a Pikachu type. Pikachu-esque. Yeah, he's, he's definitely similar to a Pikachu. Especially when you have the typing of electric and dark. Yes. Well, electric, and it looks like a mouse. Well, gerbil. There's no tail. It looks like a hamster. Hamster. That's yeah. what I'm going for. It looks yeah. like a hamster. 
Yeah, hamster Pikachu. Well, as we said, as I just mentioned, it's a form changing, meaning it has two forms. Uh, one being a full belly mode, the happy one. Yes. Or the kind of darker angry mode, as they no, noted. Not angry mode. Hangry, hangry mode. mode. And this is not us being cute. They literally said this in the stream. <laughs> they literally called it hangry they used mode. The word hangry. Nintendo yes. did, not us. Yes, in which the Pokemon turns darker. Yes. And its moveset becomes darker. Right. Well, more more dark? Yeah, sure, moves yes. become dark. But the yeah. moves go from electric to dark. Uh, but yeah, that is now Pokemons have form changes. Well, no, Pokemon have had form changes since Diamond and Pearl. It's, or no, since uh, Ruby and Sapphire. Right. I mean, With Deoxys. Right. Yeah, Deoxys, Deoxys was the first form changing Pokemon. Right. I think the last one was... Um, there's been a lot. Well, there's been a lot. I mean, uh, Aegislash was the one that comes to my Aegislash, mind. Aegislash. Um, uh, there's the one... The season one from Diamond Pearl. Forget the name of that one. Right. And there's also one in the Alola region, but that was like Type. The, the like Type yeah, N, Type X one. Yes, yes. Type Null. Yeah, Type Null. I yeah. forget what... Which one that was. Or anyway, the name of that Pokemon. No, type Null is the name of that Pokemon. Oh, that is Type Null? Yes, Type Null is the name oh. of that Pokemon. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, form changes are not new, but... We get a Pikachu or a hamster yeah. change. And it's hangry mode. Uh, yeah. Uh, this, yeah. Uh, in hangry mode, it changes its uh, unique attack of or a wheel from an electric move to a dark move. We're confirming it's a hamster because wheel. Hamster yes, wheel. because of hamster wheel. <laughs> Gerbil. It's unclear if the creature has more forms that are yet to be revealed. I don't think so. This isn't even its four final it's, form. It's final form. <laughs> it may have I, a, I know. It may have an evolved form which has yeah, multiple knows? forms. Maybe. Uh, but speaking of evolved forms, uh-huh. we have an evolved form of an older Pokemon. Yeah. This is a weird one. Uh, as the Pokemon Zigzagoon, right. which evolved into... Uh, Limoon, which is a Pokemon from the third generation? Correct. Yes, yeah, third exactly. generation. Well, now, one, not only be getting a new Galar region form. Yes, but which, which we're introduced this morning. Yes. Just like Alola, there are Galarian forms. Yeah, it's one of the, the things that they actually decided to carry over from a previous game. Yes, just like Simon. Yeah. I, mean, I thought pre- this was cool. I'm glad that there are more... And they're not, and as Zigzagoon suggests, they're not restricting it to just Gen 1 Pokemon like uh, Sun and Moon did. Pokemon beyond the first generation now are going to possibly have new forms. Right, this is a Gen 3 Pokemon, yes. which means they totally skipped Gen 2 because, yeah, you know, no, no, no. luck Maybe for there's the there's something Yodo. we don't know yet. But uh, there's plenty we don't know, clearly, as they clearly. show new stuff. Uh, but yeah, it gets a third evolution yes, form. Yes, Lanoon evolves now, but only Galarian Lanoon. Yes. It evolves into Obstagoon. Yes. So this means that, this confirms that there will be evolutions that are specific to regional forms. Yep. That's new. Sun and Moon did not do that. Right. Uh, the new form, or the new Galar form for for this Zigzagoon um, line of Pokemon yeah. is now black and white. Right, yes. And it definitely looks more like a skunk and badger yeah, it's cool. than previous forms. It's very cool. Yeah, the, just the brown form it was. And then uh, that's not the only Galarian t- form that they showed. No. <laughs> it one that was both so on oh the nose God. that oh, yeah. I was 
kind of amazing and yet kind of creepy at the same time. I love it so much. Was uh, wheezing. Yes, Galarian, Galarian wheezing. wheezing, which is still called wheezing. Yes, but it has Galarian form where it has a top hat that is also a smokestack, smoke and then it's smog <laughs> forms. On one of the faces, a mustache, and the other one, a beard. So, yeah. Like an old-timey, industrialized London so, person. According to the writing that accompanied this, the explanation for this Galarian wheezing is that it absorbs pollution through its mouth. It sucks it up, which is why it's got the green grime all over its face. is because it's constantly sucking in pollution, gross stuff. And then the smoke that comes out of the smokestack on the top yeah. is apparently purified air. That's purified air? Yes. The wheezing is doing us, is saving us from global warming. The wheezing is not toxic? <laughs> the wheezing is taking in the toxins and releasing purified air. It wheezing is, is a good guy. A good wheezing. <laughs> Larian wheezing is a good wheezing. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, that is so funny. Well, I, I guess that kind of goes along with its typing then. Because yes. it's a dark... Fairy, right? That's why. That's the fairy part. Yeah, is that it's, it's, it has magical goodness that it's using inside, <laughs> but it means it's disgusting too because it's just constantly like smeared with gross gunk because it's constantly eating pollution. I wonder if it's because uh, muck is what's causing the pollution, and that it's just like eating all of muck's backup slime. And yeah, muck and grimer and trash panda. <laughs> yep, just sucking them up. Yep. Uh, but that's not all. But wait, there's more. Oh, there was so much more in this. Um, the trailer also unveiled the game's new rivals, Beatty and Marnie, as well as this generation's evil team, Team Yell. Yes. Yeah, Team Yell. Yes. Who look like soccer hooligans, but I think their thing is is not soccer hooliganism. Instead, they seem to be a Obsessed with one of the women you just... Yes, you just, they are uh, rabid fans of Marnie. Marnie, yes, that's who it was. Yeah, they're super fans yes. of one of your rivals. They're super fans of one of your rivals, and they basically follow them around, yeah. follow you around, and um, basically like, oh, you don't like Marnie? Well, we'll teach you to like Marnie. I like this idea because it reminds me of kind of like... What if the evil team was the squad of girls that hung out with Gary yeah. in season one of the show? Like, that's what it immediately reminded uh, me of. Yep. Like, Gary, Gary. Uh, These are men. Yeah, team Yell. So, team Yell. Yep. I don't think it's a strong name. But oh, like, no. I like the idea of them being like taking like stuff from hooliganism because that is a very British thing and attaching that to a team. Right. Um, yeah, do note that she may be one of the, not just your rival, but obviously you'll meet them in the finals. Uh, but because she is, I guess, a singer performing guess, maybe, in a yeah. stadium. It seems unclear what she is. But yeah, yes. but it kind of gives way to the kind sort. of stadium aspect yeah. that the gyms are based around. Right, yes. At least the ones we've seen so far. Right. But wait, there's more. Yeah. Because we're not done. Um... <laughs> The Pokemon Company then revealed uh, a new mechanic. Yeah, all right. Um, this one is called Poke Jobs. So now you have a reason to catch more Pokemon. And something for your Pokemon to do while they're in their boxes? So they kind of toyed with this in Sun and Moon 
it's not to this where extent. they had the uh, kind of Poke Galapagos Island stuff right. where you can put your Pokemon on the island and they can do XP and gain beans and fruit and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but this is something else that your Pokemon can do. <laughs> yes. Uh, Poke Jobs. Uh, each Pokemon Center in the Galar region features a new type of PC called Rotomi. Which I believe is probably an evolved form, possibly, of Rotom. Yep. A, uh, gen... Is that a Sun and Moon Pokemon? Uh, or no. Was earlier than Sun and Moon, That was right? earlier than Sun and Moon. Uh, no, I want to say that was XY. Okay, so... That was an XY, but... Gen 6 Pokemon. Because it became prominent <laughs> in the Sun and Moon series as You're the right, Pokedex. Right, yes, as the Pokedex. Correct. Yeah. But no, it was a XY Pokemon. So yeah, this is another Rotom of sorts. Yeah. Uh, Rotomi appears to serve a similar purpose as job boards in the uh, in the game, letting you browse through a list of available Poke jobs. Once you accept a Poke job, you can then send one of your Pokemon from your box out to complete the task, and they'll return after a certain amount of time with rewards. Uh, Pokemon you send off to jobs will also earn XP yeah. and may even net you some rare items. Uh, certain types of Pokemon will be more suited to specific jobs, and the amount of rewards you receive will depend on how long the Pokemon worked and how suited they were for the task. Now, yeah. if this sounds completely new to you, that's because this type of thing was only shown during the Japanese version of the trailer... But mysteriously kept out of the English version, so you can only read it on the Pokemon website. Yeah. So, I have two thoughts about this. My first thought is that this is, this is interesting because this is a rare example of Game Freak paying attention to game design outside mm -hmm. of them. Because a feature like this is very trendy right now in Japanese game design. Uh, Dragon Quest. You see a lot of this in stuff like Dragon Quest, especially Dragon Quest Builders, yep. the most recent Dragon Quest offshoot. You see this in Monster Hunter. Yep. You see this in a lot of those kinds of games. But also, if you're a fan of mobile clickers, this is also very familiar, sounds very familiar to uh, like things in clicker games as well. Yes, idle games. Idle games, where you can basically like send somebody off and do something uh, while you're doing something else in the game. Or not doing something in the game. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's neat to see Game Freak expand like this into uh, a mechanic that they that I would have never thought they would have done a Pokemon game. My second thought about this is that I had a, like a, kind of a revelation that I hadn't thought of in, until today in the car on the way home thinking about this specific mechanic. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, you know what? They probably have a lot more um, horsepower and memory to work with in this game than they've ever had to work with just because of the sheer size of a Switch game in oh, comparison yeah. to a 3DS game. So I started thinking, I wonder if there's a lot of extra game modes and mechanics in this one. Extra mini games? Just because they have the room for it. Just now. because they can throw it in there yeah. as a mini game, as a side yeah. mission. I imagine just the sheer size that they had to play around with here has given them the ability to play around with things like mini games like this that they would have never had space for in the past. Well, I think because they sh either can't or should make the actual region so big and vast yes. that it becomes too enormous. 
yeah. that it will still be the same size yeah. of a normal game. Yes. But the amount of stuff you can do within each city yeah. and within like the open roaming stuff will be expanded upon. Which, if all of this is true, leads to my like gives credence to my theory, which is the reason why they keep referring to the gym stuff as the gym quest. Yeah. Or whatever term they use. Is that there are other things you can do besides gym battles, which is super exciting. Yeah, I really like these yeah. Pokemon jobs because it gives you a reason to continuously catch Pokemon yeah. and not just catch them, have them for five minutes until you fill out your team, or you know have them just sit in your box, all lonely and sad. Or but, in Pokemon, um, what is it called? Not Bank. Here is your Pokebank. No, the, the new thing. What is that going to be called? It's not Bank. It's something else. Pokemon. Oh, your Poke Hub. Your Poke World. Poke Pokemon Hub. Shoot, I forgot what it's called. Whatever. The new Planet. thing. Planet. Poke- yeah. yeah. Poke Cloud. Yeah, right. So they should have called Cloud. it, but it's not called that. <laughs> no. Whatever it's called. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways. Home. Pokemon Home. Pokemon Home. Yes. So, yeah, this is interesting. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, this is more Pokemon news. Still coming out on November 15th. Yes. Also, I think the designs that the, every single new trainer does, or gym leader or character design they show, it's like they're kicking ass in the yeah. character design. This one, I think Marnie is one of the cooler designs that they've shown so far. Like, everything in this game just looks so cool from a design mm-hmm. standpoint. They're just getting better and better every generation, I think. Oh, it's going to be good. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be a good one. This is, yeah. Feel this it. is easily the thing I'm most looking forward to video game-wise this year. Okay, I was going to say video game wise. Yes, video game Yes. Alright, um, right, that brings us to the end of Pokemon. Let's see if anything else to talk about Pokemon. Yeah, I think that's it for Pokemon, which means we get to talk about thoughts. You've been playing a video game. I have? Yes, I have. Yes, yes, you have. Yes, I have. Okay. I have been. So, way back about almost two hours ago, uh-huh. uh, I'm proud of the fact <laughs> that uh, I, I did go to the movies because I was doing something else. Right. Uh, I was playing Madden, the new Madden game that came out for the general public. General public. On Friday, I yes. picked it up on my way home. And Madden I twenty. Played it. The yes. twentieth Madden game. No. Yes. Sorry. The t- game Madden game for twenty twenty. Yes, we already had the twentieth Madden right. game. It happened a while ago. Yes, this is Madden <laughs> twenty uh, with Patrick Mahomes on <laughs> on the cover. Uh, so you have your. About today, and you have your general gameplay. You have your exhibition quick play. You have your Madden Ultimate Team. Um, quick note about that: I don't like the the layout for Madden Ultimate Team. I like the way I had it two generations ago when we had yeah. it, uh, or is that four That's generations two. now? That's just two years. Yeah, I liked it better two years ago. Um, the layout was better. You had actual like block stuff, and they kept updating instead of just having this continuously running list that. Hopefully mm-hmm. you pay attention to. They kind of want you to stick to the home world and not go to mission specific. But I like going mission specific. Uh, but yeah, that kind of sucks. But the the big change they did here was they got rid of single player mode. Well, no, that's not necessarily true. They got rid of long shot. Yeah, there is still a replacement for a long shot, which is the face of the franchise. Yes, uh, they still have a franchise mode where you can take your team specific yeah, that's never to the go Super away. Bowl. That will never go away. But single player wise, this is their new single player mode. Yes. So face of the franchise. So I saw you started face of the franchise. Yes. Uh, because I briefly checked out your stream. 
on Saturday, I was in, at, at Mark's place, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, let's see what he's doing, and I saw you playing a college game, which very was very confusing to me, yes, but yes. now I realize, after watching Giant Bomb's Quick Look, that's how apparently the face of the franchise opens. That's how it opens. Yes. Uh, you pick your player. Yeah. You, which is you funny. Create your own player, which is different from. Long which time. is weird. Which is funny because in the game you walk into a bathroom, and then you change yes. your character. Yeah. <laughs> so you walk in as default character and yeah. come out as Whoever new person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is hilarious. Don't you know that's what happens in magic bathrooms? That's what happens in bathrooms. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you. It's basically you're a high school senior doing uh, signing day. Four years ago, in the past. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're signing to your college team. You get to pick uh, one of several college teams uh, to play, to play at, to play in. Um, like Texas, Texas Tech, Alabama, Clemson, Oregon, Oregon, USC, yeah. and LSU. There's those seven. Right. Specifically those seven for some reason. Uh, probably They probably were like, yeah, what are the most popular? We're the most popular. Yeah. We're the top teams. Who can we get licensed to? The top for? top teams. The top, as you would call them, D League teams. Yes, the top <laughs> D League teams. <laughs> yes. I'm glad you know that. <laughs> You're welcome. But yeah, the top D League teams. Um, but it also like kind of like puts you in a region of what you want to be in. Yes. Uh, so I, you, um, being the ever loving fan that I am. <laughs> yes. Decided to return to the great Mark Sanchez back in the NFL. Yes. And calling this our this stream I'm doing Face of the Sanchez. Yes, that's the first thing I noticed was that you that you were one playing as USC and two that he was Sanchez. Yes. And I look over to Mark and he's like, Wait, doesn't doesn't he hate USC? And I'm like, Yeah, but we all love Mark Sanchez. Yeah, we do. <laughs> So, yeah, we got a, a kick out of that. Yeah, so Mark Sanchez um, playing as the face of the Sanchez. Uh, <laughs> you, you go through the, the games, uh, the first two games, kind of gauge your skill level, and then it puts you into the NFL. Mm-hmm. And because it is the face of the franchise, this is my first kind of negative thing about it. Okay. You don't pick what team you go on. Right. You cannot pick you cannot. what team you go on. You end up in a team that needs a quarterback, right? You end up always yeah. going in the 27th round, and you end up going to a team that needs a quarterback. I hear it com- it's most commonly, apparently, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the most common one is the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, I've also seen the Broncos. Uh-huh. I got put on the Raiders. Oh, weird. Okay. How weird. Cosmic. Yeah. You got put on the Raiders this season. Well, because I was USC. Yeah. And then right. I played against... Okay, or- yeah. I think it's depending on what you pick, because if you pick the team you are playing against the team you're going to play against, that kind of picks yeah. what team you're going to be on. So because I picked uh, the USC playing against the Oregon Ducks, it, it, it assumed I wanted to be a West Coast team. Yeah. So Safe put me on, uh, on <laughs> one of the weakest West Coast teams. Right. But the thing is that if you play as any of those three teams, you you have to go up against either the Bears twice, the Patriots twice, the Kansas City Chiefs twice, or the LA Rams twice during your season. Also, I want to note here that um, just like Long Shot before it, this is exclusively a quarterback mode. You're only yes. playing the quarterback, except for that college game, weirdly enough, where you play as everybody. Uh 
Yes. But for could. the actual season games, you're only playing the quarterback position. Yes. Uh, for the college stuff, you can play as who have, uh, you yeah. basically play everyone in the you play game. The game like a you play the game like yeah. an exhibition yeah, game, like, like exhibition. you would. Yeah. You pick whoever you pick what you control on defense. When you throw a pass, you control them on right. the control season. But after that, you're you're just quarterback. Yeah. Which kind of sucks because yeah. I'd like to create a yeah. Facebook franchise just a receiver or just a running back, you which would I've done before. To be able to pick your thing, but no, yes. they've chosen. Uh, to control this to just be a quarterback. You can't be the next Aaron Donald, Donald J.J. No. Watt. No, you cannot. Khalil Mack, defensive end. You have to be a quarterback. You have to be a quarterback. And I get why they would do that in theory, because it's like quarterback is you know the face of most franchises. Right. I mean, most of the quarterbacks on the man in covers are, 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 are quarterbacks. quarterbacks. Yeah. Most of the, yeah, both face on the Yeah, generally covers. speaking, when you think of the star player on a team, you probably are thinking of their quarterback. Right, and also when you're on offense, when you hike the ball, you the ball goes to the quarterback yeah. automatically. Right. So yeah, so you have to be a quarterback. I see that as a negative more than a positive uh-huh. because it doesn't give you that option, that freedom of being a superstar. You have to be a right. quarterback. Yeah. I was thinking about this because I was like, that almost makes. I would I would say it almost makes football a unique sport because of just how much pressure is on one member. But then, of course, when you start kind of talking about sports with goalies, that kind of unravels because kind of the goalie is also the most important player in right. a lot of soccer and hockey. So it's like, I guess it depends on what you're talking about. But it definitely says seeing football, modern football is so much weighted on the court. Especially the last couple of years. Yes. Um, where Tom Brady especially. Well, being as especially this, this decade yeah. uh, where quarterbacks have gone... In the first, number one overall, winning right. Heisman Trophy's gone number Almost one year, in the right? draft just about every year. Yeah. Where if you get that number one pick, you kind of automatically have to draft a quarterback right. to be the new face, face of, the, of franchise. the franchise. Okay. Yeah, so I think that's what they're going for. Oh, it yeah. does kind of suck, right. but from a gameplay perspective, from a, gameplay perspective, from a u- being unique perspective, yeah. but I kind of get it. Right. I, I'm still going to dock it, though, Yeah. but I get what they're going for. Because, yeah, you almost wish that there was freedom in that mode, but it makes sense why they would. Right, but my big gripe is that you cannot pick your own team. Right. You cannot choose where you go. You cannot decide, I want to be on my and favorite team. you can't team. even, like, influence it. Like, the thing that the show does, um, and, and it's kind of equivalent, which is the road to the show mode. Right. It not only get you where you get to pick your position, but you do get to kind of like seed a team that you'd like to be on. Right. So that way, the game at least has an idea of where you'd like to be. However, still also gives you opportunities to play for other teams without your input, like right. such as a trade that comes out of nowhere. Right, and that's something that's got that's been in previous games. Yeah. Where you can kind of choose that you want to play in the north, south, east, west. You kind of want to go up against this person or this team you like. The Kind of like the, the player question interviews for Superstar Mode prior. Yeah. None of that is really here. It's mainly, here's the teams you want, what kind of gameplay you want to be, whether it's like a running, scrambling, quarterback, or a drop pass, yeah. pocket protection quarterback. Yeah. And that kind of determines what playbook you'd want, and that goes with along with what team you go to, okay. but the main thing around 
every any team you go on is that team sucks. Right. So you because you have games. to be the face, the quarterback. Right. In order to be the face, you have to be on a sucky team. Okay. So the other thing I'm curious about is so this isn't as story central as Longshot is. However, there are story elements here. So what's going on in the story of this? There's some story elements um, involving you and your friendship with a little girl. You with mm, your friendship. That doesn't sound great. Uh, she has cancer. It's okay. Okay. Uh, your your friendship with your uh, previous teammate who's coming to the NFL the following season. Uh-huh. Uh, your friendship with your former coach, the one that uh, picked you from high school, uh, your scouting coach, and okay. your actual head coach. For me, it's John Gruden. Right. So whenever I see his text messages pop up, I always do it in the voice of John Gruden. Yep, why wouldn't you? Because <laughs> yeah. why wouldn't you? You have to. It's always fun. Uh, but... Um, because I am the face of the franchise, because I am the quarterback, yes. I am also, by happenstance, the coach in this thing. So, I call all the plays. And here's where the big negative comes in to okay. play. big negative. Because I call all the plays, right. it means I call all the shots, meaning yeah. I am passing every single down. Oh, no. <laughs> because I am the face of the franchise. The thing goes on my shoulders. Right. And because I am a quarterback and not, say, like a running back, where I prefer that the coach send in the play and it's a run play, so good, I get the ball. No. My running back basically called me out saying, hey, I'm not getting any touches. What the hell? <laughs> It'd be great if I could get some touches. And you're like, okay, yeah, but that means I don't get to play the game. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> I said, we often do our part of the team. Yeah. So I basically started lining up more five receivers and doing more swing passes <laughs> just to give him the ball so he'd be right. quiet. <laughs> so the next game, he got two touchdowns. He's like, hey, thanks, thanks. really yeah, appreciate the touchdowns. So you ended up figure, figuring a way around that. Yeah. Uh, but but still. he still has zero rushing yards. <laughs> I had the most rushing yards. I had a thousand rushing yards in the hey, season. Hey, you're facing franchise. You get all the glory. Oh, did I get all the glory? You so I completed my first season in the fr- in Already? this franchise wow, mode. Yeah. Well, the games went kind of. Quick. Oh, that's right. I'm thinking of it since I'm so used to playing this freaking baseball game that lasts forever. Uh, yeah, football has a much shorter season. Yeah. In previous <laughs> superstar modes, there was a calendar set up, and every day you had to go to practice. Here is just one practice a week. Because yeah. I think as they figured it out, you want to get to the games. Oh yeah, no, they fi- they probably realized after a long shot. It's like, yeah, I think the whole thing of this is an interesting course correction from season two of Long Shot last yeah. year's game. Is that everybody was like, yeah, I just want to play the game. Mm-hmm. Like, let me play let, football. Let, let me play the series. Not yeah. I don't want to go practice. I don't want to strengthen my player. I, like, throw, I do uh, footballs with Dan Marino in a, in a <laughs> army on an army base. It's like, yeah, I, I want to do that. I want to get better, but I also want to play the game. So now instead of being the... Best the, part the, of the game, by the way. I know. Now <laughs> it's, instead of the goal being to better your player, the yeah. goal is now to get into the Hall of Fame. Okay. They, they give you the legacy bar. You now get points at the end of the season. <laughs> a literal legacy bar. A literal legacy bar <laughs> to try and get into the Hall of Fame. I've been to the legacy and bar I actually, They kicked me out because I vomited on the bar. Yeah. Never mind. No, that was Legends. Ha <laughs> 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 That wasn't. I didn't actually do that. That was something I know. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, that was a great time. Names have changed to protect the innocent. Anyways. Uh, yes. 
but yeah, anyways, I think I like that better, that the point is to be self-centered and get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Because when you like when you really play the games, you are trying to be that superstar all-in-all player. Yeah. And boy, did I do that. And boy, did you do that. As oh, okay. in my first season, <laughs> I set my goals, as you do, and to meet your goals, you get extra points. I set my goals in the beginning of the season. You can choose between maxing out at uh, 4,000 passing yards or 30 touchdowns. Guess which one I did? 30 touchdowns? Yes, because you, actually <laughs> get, more, because you get more points if right. you do that. Yeah. Guess how many I threw? 52. I <laughs> well, Am I in the ballpark? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I threw 50 touchdowns. Jesus Christ. As a rookie in a season, <laughs> tying Patrick Mahomes' record. I was going to say, didn't you, doesn't that make you like the best rookie quarterback of all time or something? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Not only did I pass for 50 touchdowns, right. getting me the number two passing touchdowns in a season <laughs> um, behind Peyton Manning, yeah. who threw 52. Right. I threw 50. I came short there. Uh, but I also threw for over 5,000 passing yards. I set not just a rookie record, but the league record <laughs> for passing yards in a season. I won Rookie of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year in the wow. NFL, uh, AP Player of the Year, and AFC Player of the Year. So no question here that you offensive. will eventually be in the Hall of Fame. I am so... <laughs> well, okay. My... Mark Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> this fake-ass Mark Sanchez. Fake-ass Mark Sanchez. Is what we'll call him from now Is on. currently sitting at number nine. <laughs> on the all-time list? On the currently active players for Legacy. <laughs> I have more awards than every other player. Because I got four awards that were rookie season. Right. That's insane. <laughs> but yeah, it just shows how absurd this game is. Yeah. When... You decide not to play a game like you normally would where you're running the ball, where you <laughs> literally decide to pass every play, where you yeah. have Antonio Brown as one of your receivers who is plays like Randy Moss and goes up and gets the ball every single time, <laughs> where if the play breaks down, I run it for 10 yards and get the first down. It's literally absurd and insane. Yeah. Okay, so uh, ridiculously uh, powerful uh, fantasy quarterback aside, how does this bode well? Uh, bode for the real Raider season? Oh, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> as I was watching, well, as I was watching uh, Hard Knocks on Tuesday, yeah, yeah. I kept making the joke like, huh, "Sanchez is coming for your job." <laughs> <laughs> I can make that pass. Where's Mark Sanchez? Bring Mark Sanchez out. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, uh, no, no, he's in the recording booth upstairs. Oh. Uh, so. Oh, so oh, so if you think that was insane. Uh huh. Um. When I typed in my name, the announcer is able to read that name and actually says Mark Sanchez with the throw. Yeah, Sanchez with the, the yeah, because yeah. it's a pre-programmed name. Right, that's good. Uh, but yeah, like Sanchez with the pack. Oh, Sanchez got sacked. And yeah. oh yeah, I'm sure they have that recorded a lot. Oh yeah, um, mm. in the first in my first season, I had 117 sacks. <laughs> I'm sorry, I gave up 117 sacks. I was gonna say that's a lot. And I threw 35 picks. Jesus Christ. <laughs> And yet, and yet I see still touchdowns narrowed like like balance that. And out. yet I still had a hundred fifteen hundred ten passer yeah. rating. Okay, so we can't talk about this forever, even though I know you can. Oh, I can because <laughs> because I started by season two, uh-huh. and I already set a record for passing yards in a game. 
Jesus. And I tied the record with seven touchdowns in a game. Okay. And that's only my second game of season two. So, face the franchise. Was that the only... And uh, you talked about face the fan franchise. You talked about ultimate team. Did you try anything else in the Madden pantheon of modes? Uh, played some exhibition games. Played some, some I think the teams stuff. are actually more balanced this time. You don't have okay. any 90 teams. Oh. It caps off at like 87. Okay, smart. A lot of the teams are in the seven, high 70s, low 80 range. You don't freaking have the ridiculously OP par- Patriots again. No. Yeah. But... What it does have is an arcade mode. Okay. Where everything is like turned up to 11. Right. The caches are more ridiculous and the truck sticks are more ridiculous. Meaning that if you truck up someone, it's almost guaranteed to be a fumble. This sounds like Blitz. Is this it NFL is kind Blitz? of like Blitz because okay. I played this arcade mode on accident. Yeah. Thinking like, oh, it's on accident. I forgot to switch it to simulation. Yeah. Oh, well, let's see what it's like. Yeah. And literally every time I hit him, he fumbled the ball yes. because I was using the truck stick. It is NFL Blitz. It's kind of like NFL Blitz. Oh, man, that sounds like the mode I would play. Well, also because, like, whenever he, like you throw the ball like in double coverage, they'd go up and get it. Yeah. It's it kind of insane. It's good. But it's also arcade mode, so it's supposed to be cartoony, yeah, I assume. Yeah, it's supposed to be. But they also have, like, simulation mode and, like, yeah, manual course. mode. All you the know, stuff. All the if stuff you want to play actual football. Right. If you want to play super all pro Madden, it's there too. Right. But no, arcade mode is hilarious. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's a decent Madden game. Uh, it's definitely not the best. Have you I've, had any glitches and bugs? Because I've heard that this one is an especially buggy year. Uh, no, I have not no. encountered any glitches or bugs. Right. I do think that. Are you playing the, this on Xbox One or PS4? Xbox One. Okay. I do think that the Madden Ultimate team. Is definitely taking a backside, especially in development and in terms of like stuff. Yeah, I think EA is getting a little skittish about the um, ultimate teams, ultimate team modes in their games because yeah. of the loot box crackdown. Right. So they're probably not forefronting it as much as they used. To. It doesn't seem like it. it. Seems like this game is definitely either for exhibition mode or face the franchise face the mode. Franchise, yeah. Or there's still also regular franchise where you take course, your team yes. and play it as a regular game. It's a given. But yeah, that's always there. But yeah, it's a fine game. I don't know. I didn't play last year, but you know, doing my two-year gap seems like it was a good choice. It's, to skip, it yeah. works out to yeah. do the two-year gap mode that I'm on. All right. But yeah, Madden 20. Head it's 20. out. Pick it up it's or right wait a month and a half for it to go down by like ten bucks. Yeah, because yeah, you don't want to buy um, sixty bucks. Yeah. Or split it with uh, a friend or a roommate. And, yeah. Uh, then save money that way. Do that. All right, I think that's it. I think that wraps it up. So right. thank you for watching this edition of the Media Boat Podcast. That's it for video games, and that's it for the show. All right, plug away. We can plug now. If you want to see this show live next week and every Wednesday around 6.30 p.m. Pacific time, you can do so on YouTube. At the top of the show, we mentioned this. We'll mention it again. Mm-hmm. Go to YouTube.com, search Media Boat Podcast, find our channel. Like, subscribe, click the bell. If you do so, you'll get notifications when we go live. That's where you can watch the show live with our mugs on it. You can also listen to our podcast version of the show on any podcast service that you subscribe to. Just search Media Podcast and you'll find us. You can also find us on social media. We're on Twitter at at Cast. Facebook, search Media Podcast. Find our page, like, comment there. You can find us on twitch.tv slash mediaboat when we're streaming video games such as Madden 20. Yep, uh, Face of the Sanchise will be back. I'll be streaming my second season now. I decided not to stream the end of that second season because as soon as I realized I was going to be under 500, I decided not. 
and it wasn't going to make the yeah. Super Bowl or playoffs. I was like, well eh, I'm just going to play it for myself and not worry about streaming. Yeah. But now that clearly in my second season, I set the record, <laughs> set two records, and literally had a perfect passer rating. I you broke the to, system. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be streaming it. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm fun. pretty sure I can make it to Super Bowl in my second season. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, so yeah, you can watch him do that on twitch.tv slash mediaboat. You can also email us if you'd like, ask questions, uh, comments about the show, whatever you want. Uh, mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com is the email address. You can send those too. And last but not least, if you want to help us with money, please, patreon.com slash mediaboat is where you can help us out there. It is not free to run a podcast. It costs money to host podcasts and present them ad-free like we do for you. It also uh, costs money to have a website with an archive of our old writing. Um, So yeah, it's not a... uh, It costs money to get stuff like this microphone and to upgrade our systems. So yes, please, if you can, go to patreon.com slash mediaboat. Donate as little as a dollar a month to help us out. Even that little amount helps us out. So please, consider donating to our Patreon. Thank you. And that'll do it. That'll do it for us. We'll be Media back podcast. next week with more thoughts. I'm pretty sure I'll go to the movies and watch yeah. something this weekend. Maybe see some uh, movies. See some movies, uh, have yeah. some more TV, and some more Madden to talk about. And definitely more albums. Yes. So, so we'll, we'll be back next, next week with more stuff. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see Bye-bye. you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.